Welcome to War and Beast, the podcast that says, hit me with your best shot. Just don't stop in the middle Fire of hitting away. us with the shot. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm back. I was not dead in the first place. But yes, I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. Who's ready to talk about the Death Note movie? That, that's <sighs> later. Okay. Okay. We'll do that later. I'm Kendall. <laughs> and this week we have a special guest. We have Cassie. Now, Not too shabby. Now, most folks, <laughs> uh, most folks uh, will, will recognize. <laughs> most <laughs> folks will recognize Cassie as uh, having guested on quite a few episodes of Less Place. Uh, Cassie, one episode of Less Place. Was it just one? I thought it's been yeah, many. Exactly one episode. I thought well, it had been more. That was no. her first podcast. Really? Yeah. Uh, you did a good job for your first episode. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. But you are also the creator of the Let's Place bot, so we can't forget that either. No, that's very important. She's also an incredible artist, and you should follow her for our amazing art. Yes. But yes, so we have a special guest. We're back on track for the end of the series, hopefully. Barring any emergencies or whatnot. And this week we have reviewed season three, episode. It's always always hard to remember. It's episode nine of season three, Crossing the Rubicon. (laughs) Good episode. Or at least I thought so. But we'll get. Yeah, Yeah. it was nice. I liked it. Hey, Cassie, um, first off, tell us about your history of um, Beast Wars. Uh, well, when I was a kid, I watched Beasties, and... Uh, yeah, that's right, Beasties. Can yeah, represent. That's what I call it. The, the theme song sounds weird with Beast Wars. I just can't get into it. It has to be Beasties. <laughs> I had a hard time getting over that initially, too. When it was, I was like, wait, that that's what they called it? <laughs> it just, well, I was confused, because like, the toys would say Beast Wars on them. Yeah. yeah, and then I'd watch a show, and it was called Beasties, and I was well, like... I'd, I'd watch it on white TV, and it would say Beasties, and then I'd yeah, watch same. it on Fox, and it would say Beast Wars, and it's like, what's going on? Yeah, it's strange. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why that change happened. But yeah, go on, um, Kissy. Um, what else? Like, did like, you watch the show? Did you enjoy the show? Like, what, Tell us about I, it. Oh, yeah. I loved uh, Beasties, and I watched it... 
Well, I mostly remember the first season because, or like watching this, I'm like, I recognize these characters, but barely. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember when that Quick Strike showed up. You're like, oh yeah, that was a guy. Yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> I remembered Quick Strike entirely by his voice. <laughs> I, I'll say, um, I've been watching the entire series, and I recognize these characters just barely as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, and then I absolutely fell off the series once it went to Beast Machines. Well, I can't really blame you. <laughs> yeah, like even as a kid, I was like, nope, this is too much. I don't like it. Mm. <laughs> but who knows? Was- Maybe we'll have a different opinion of that when we get to it. So Hopefully. Yeah, Hopefully enjoyed- it's good. <laughs> you enjoyed watching the show again after all these years? Yeah, it's, it's like a good show, weirdly enough, which is... <laughs> It's weird for this network to have good shows. I know, right? Watching good shows. Hey, wait, actually, Digimon's good. I care. I don't care what anyone says. Digimon's I, good. Everyone has their opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It is. And um, you were able to follow it all right with all like the deep, intricate plots it's been having. Uh, yeah. It, this episode seemed to be relative. Like they seemed to set up everything they needed. I needed to understand it. Okay, I've got an important question to ask of our guests here. Okay. What is your opinion of Optimal Optimus? Is that... What is that? Exactly. That's what Optimus is exactly. called now, but he is, he is blue and orange and big oh. and huge yet. Oh, what? I barely remember what he looks like already. <laughs> <laughs> you just watched an episode with him in it. Like, I watched it today. Oh, like, do be, earlier to be today. Fair, to be fair, oh, yeah. he wasn't in it very much. Yeah. He grabbed I mean, Black Rackney by the shoulders, and I was like, weird. I mean, he seems fine. He's not the worst. Aha, uh-huh, another one to the cause, Kendall. Uh, I mean, I would Kendall say, hates. I would, so I would say, not the worst is, is, is the most ringing endorsement that anyone could ever say about Optimal Optimus. I mean, it's incorrect. It's incorrect. I'm just saying it's like, you know, it's like it's like uh, it's like John Kasich incorrect. It's not like Donald Trump incorrect, if you know what I mean. Whoa, mostly harmless. Mostly harmless. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying that we got dangerously political for a moment there. Uh, Cass, what were you going to say? Uh, for the most Sorry. part, I don't really like the uh, the transmetals as much as the originals. Uh, like I like Rat Rat Trap, and I like oh gosh, oh no, the Spider Guy. Oh, Tarantulas. Tarantulas. I like Tarantulas because he's a motorcycle spider. (laughs) Those are transmetal. That's a good opinion. No, that's the most wrong opinion. Like (laughs) good, it's a great opinion. Like it's, I agree that the transmetals are bad, but that that's weird. That you that you the you think the worst one is. Well, I mean, the second worst one is. is <laughs> Wait, which are you talking about, rat trap or tarantulas? Tarantulas is the is the worst besides optimal optimus. Okay, I just Cassie, like don't listen, don't listen to him because I disagree with him vehemently. I think tarantulas is awesome. So there. <laughs> I just like the spider bike. That's all very I'm saying. Good. It's a very good I, spider bike. That's that is literally the worst aspect of all of of. Of the transmetals besides Optimal Optimus is the spider bike form. I'm just <laughs> sitting here biting my tongue. 
Just saying. Okay. Uh, Greg, say something. Should we should we go right? to IMDb? <laughs> oh, of course. Well, I agree that the, the spider bike is pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah got but moving again. moving on. Uh, what do we have on IMDb there? Kenny? So we've got a whole lot of nothing on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, like some goofs that I'm that are probably that Jordan's probably going to go over if they matter. Uh, but what's really important is memory alpha for this episode. Uh, because this episode was written by none other than DC Fontana, who also wrote. I'm going to r- run through a bunch of the a bunch of names real fast. You guys can tell okay. me if you recognize any of these. Charlie mm-hmm. X, Tomorrow is Yesterday, This Side of Paradise, Friday's Child, Journey to Babel, by any other name, The Ultimate Computer, The Enterprise Incident, That Which Survives, The Way to Eden, Encounter at Farpoint, The Naked Now, The Lonely Among Us, Too Short a Season, Heart of Glory, and Dax. Oh, wait a minute. Did, so he wrote classic and deep like all the way through to D Space Nine, did she, I? Yes, she Eight. wrote uh, she, wrote sorry. wrote uh, original series, uh, ten episodes of the original series, five of Next Generation, one episode of the animated series, which is actually one of my favorite um, animated series episodes, uh, and one episode of Deep Space Nine. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't have any of those names, so good that you told me. Episodes of, well, episodes I, I of recognize no. the, the classic ones and the next gen ones, and then when you said Dax, I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. DS9 one. I yeah, mean, I knew it was. I knew they were Star Trek episodes because it's you. Yeah, but yes, <laughs> and I was reading it from memory. Alpha, uh, just just uh, episodes of note amongst those, just like sort of off the top of my head. Uh, Dax is a very good uh, early Deep Space Nine episode. Encounter at Farpoint is actually the pilot episode of Next Generation. Um, naked now is an awful episode, but <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's a reference to the naked time, which was an original series episode, uh, where the whole crew of the enterprise goes crazy, uh, and Sulu runs around with a sword and his shirt off. Uh, yes. but, but the, the way that they, uh, <laughs> like the, the, like the, the peak of insanity when they're talking about the things that all the crew members are doing, uh, in both episodes is, People are in the shower with their clothes on. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, oh, wait. That's also the one where Yark gets it on with Data. Hey. Yes. Yes, I that is the one. Yes. Kate says there's there's dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, let's see. The Ultimate Computer is a classic one in which Kirk uh, outsmarts a computer that tries to take over the Enterprise. Um, yeah, those are the main ones. Uh, Charlie X is, is, uh, an early episode that some people like where a creepy 12 year old, uh, uh, slaps Yeoman Rand in the butt. Um, and Kirk says there's no, there's no right way Um, to hit a woman. Uh, wait, what? Kirk, Captain Kirk tells Charlie, he says there's no right way to hit a woman. Gotcha. Which is a good, a good lesson. It's a weird episode. <laughs> sure. It's actually interesting. Like, like the number of episodes that DC Fontana wrote, I'm like, maybe she's not as good as, as I thought she was. <laughs> not a lot of these. I mean, even like encounter at Farpoint is, is important because it's the pilot episode, but yep. not exactly one that people like go back to as like the, the pinnacle of, of Star Trek. So, but but I mean yesteryear from the animated series where Spock goes back and meets himself as a kid is is actually really good and that and the Dax episode I can't remember exactly which which Dax 
episode it is, but there's some good Dax stuff in season one, and I'm sure that that one is one of them that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Jordan, what's in the TF wiki? We can talk about Transformers now. <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted to mention that uh, DC Fontana actually has a little wiki article on TF wiki, and it mentions that uh, one of the things is they're best known for writing 10 episodes of the original Star Trek series, and then in parentheses, including that one where Spock got high on spores and sh- smacked Kirk around. <laughs> that's the that's I think that's, that's this side of paradise is is yeah. actually that is a really good one. This side of paradise, the entire Enterprise crew um lands on this planet and is like and is like they get yeah, they get high on spores and they're just all like perfectly happy in like a state of of perpetual euphoria, but Kirk is like that's not real. Spock's not allowed to be happy and and ruins it for everybody. <laughs> Star Trek's a wild show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, can, and you, you can you can say the the sentence the episode where Spock got high and slapped Kirk around is a sentence you could say. <laughs> uh, people will know what the, you're talking about. You almost uh, you almost have to be more specific. Uh, yeah, but because yeah. that because <laughs> there are, there are several episodes that are similar. Spock's getting high all the time. He's just yeah. four twenty plays in it. It's Spock just loves those spores. <laughs> That's why he's always so calm. It's not the logical. It's because he's high. He's just so chill. And every now and then you get some bad drugs, and it's a little freaky. <laughs> then you have uh, uh, shoot. What's the Ponfar episode called? Is it just called Ponfar? Uh, damn it. Um, I cannot remember for the life of me. I know you're probably going to go quiet over the course of this episode to figure it out. <laughs> As you want to do. <laughs> um, Planet Volk. A muck time. A muck time. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Jordan, uh, TF Wiki. Go. Okay, so it only has a couple, it only mentions like three continuity errors. Though it does mention the animation uh, animation error technical thing about how they seem to have uh, rendered uh, Rat Trap's forearm compartments differently this time, and they are notably wonky looking, as it says in the in the wiki. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't notice myself. But. <laughs> I love these technical Cassie, terms. Did, did you notice that they look different than usual? I. <laughs> yeah, they're completely different than what I'm used to. I don't get it. How could they do that? It's they weren't replicating in red. They were replicating in blue. No, no it's like it, when it, what it was the way it was rendered. Um, historically, uh, Cassie uh, Rat Trap has a room of requirement in his forearm. Um, so yes. anything that he needs, he can open it up and get and get it out. Uh, but what, what they did in this episode was he basically just had like a hand grenade. One of his square hand grenade things was just sitting on the bottom of his forearm rather than having to pull it out of a compartment. Yes. Right. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I was using you as the point of view character, uh, Ca- Cassie and, and explaining, see how familiar we are with each other. I'm calling you Cassie instead of Cassandra. We're all friends now. <laughs> Uh, so, we're all so I'm close. So <laughs> I'm so glad that everyone is such good friends. Uh, so the continuity, as it mentions, is that throughout season three, not just this episode, pre-transmetal black arachnia appears to have battle damage, or in parentheses, gray areas, which disappear when she's in uh, in the base. The damage extent also seems inconsistent 
but in the same area. Did she get into a fight between getting checked into the vase and talking with Silverbolt outside? Or does the bright light of the vase conceal her damaged body? Hmm. Black Arachne is all about gray areas. <laughs> she is. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Optimus Primal says maximize despite our being already in battle mode. Instead, yeah. How can you tell? <laughs> he changes the plot. Would you damage. stop? And he changes the flight We mode. get it, okay? <laughs> Previously, he has said Optimus Primal flight mode to do this. Um, Optimus Primal says that going off on your own isn't a very maximal thing to do. Clearly, he hasn't been paying attention since Peter, <laughs> Radtrot, Silverbolt, Death Charge, and Tigatron have all g- g- done so at one point or another. Optimus has done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the most important, the the most memorable time he did it was when he was like in a rage virus situation, but <laughs> he still did it. <laughs> All right. So continuity notes we've got here is that uh, Black Arachnia's invention uh, at the start appears to be a replica of the cloning device Megatron built in Feral Scream Part One. I actually did notice that it looks sort of similar. Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh and that this episode sees a culmination of Black Arachnia's plan to acquire a Transmetal Upgrade, a character arc that was first foreshadowed in Cutting Edge and touched on with varying degrees of subtlety over the next few episodes, which I th- actually think is neat. I know we pointed out everyone where, you know, we sh- said she's looking at Transmetal and power and stuff for reasons. Uh, Megatron's, bath- uh, Megatron's bath time rubber ducky is seen again this episode, but it has undergone a slight makeover. It now has metallic rings around it and an antenna on its head. Probably I a reference that too. <laughs> Probably a reference to the Transformers Transmetal changes. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, think ducky. It, do, do you think that he used it as a as like a guinea pig when he was uh, like cloning uh, cloning Dinobot? No, that duck's way too important to use as a guinea pig. <laughs> Yeah, it was after they perfected it, and he made uh, Dinobot 2 that he did it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Dinobot was the guinea pig. <laughs> He's like, well, now I know this works. Time to use Wait. it on Rubber Ducky. Uh, okay, but it was like in between them making Dinobot 2 and them like destroying the the thing. Yeah. Because they destroyed the yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. He, he tossed it in right after Dinobot came out. Okay. <laughs> uh, Megatron refers to Tarantulas as Lieutenant, a reference to his rank in the Predacon Secret Police. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that is cool. Um, After Tarantula seduces that Black Arachnia transmitted the ARC's access codes to Optimus, uh, Megatron notes that this fits in nicely with our little plan for him, which is foreshadowing... Ooh. We'll we'll get into it when we get to that episode. Yeah. And... (laughs) Silvervolt isn't just trying to kill Tarantula, he's trying to kill Tarantula... uh, after the guy is already unconscious and utterly hef- helpless. And this is a jarringly ruthless, uh, ruthless move. Um, let's see. And seems to s- kind of clash with his sh- uh, chivalry, goofy personality. Yeah, he was... He was... He he's going to get pretty... Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They, they just pushed all the wrong buttons. He has, he has a dark side. <laughs> I mean, he's been... Over the course of this whole season, it's been pretty clear that he's possessive and jealous and terrible so (laughs) (laughs) he can be terrible yes he's learning i mean i mean he has that i'm just saying he has that dark side to him they've they've pretty well established it so yeah i kendall remember he used to be a predacon that's true oh you beat me to it (laughs) but my drums are all the way over there (laughs) 
Uh, and then it mentions for under continuity, that's the last one is Gadget and Powers, where Rampage carries a telescope, apparently. <laughs> um, Sorry, I so owed Greg that one. For Transformers references, though, they do mention what uh, Black Arachne was saying as might be an allusion to, to something. Uh, she describes her near-death experience as first seeing darkness followed by light. While this might be a reference to real-world individuals who have undergone such an experience, Optimus Prime described a very similar experience in Dark Awakening. Yeah, that's true. All right, so now we get to some real-world references and trivia, which we have quite a few for. Uh, Just in case you don't know your history, the Rubicon is a river in Italy. During the Roman Republic era, it was illegal for for a Roman general to have his army cross it, thus protecting Rome from military threat. Julius Caesar crossed it and started a civil war, which would eventually lead to Rome switching from a republic to an empire. During this, he uttered, and I hope I got the uh, Latin right, Alea Lacta Est, Latin for the die is cast. Today, crossing the Rubicon is an idiom meaning to go past the point of no return. Okay. See, (laughs) I I thought that was a, I I didn't know any of that. You thought Rubicon was like a Transformers thing. no. I thought oh. like, what are those puzzle bo- blocks and Rubik's like cubes? Yes, <laughs> I thought I'd crossing the Rubik's that. cube. No, not it's clearly Rubicon. I'm just saying I thought I had something to do with that. It's like something. Let's bad move on. Rubicons. <laughs> it's um, the it's the Rubik's cube convention. Rubicon. Yes, thank you, Sandra, <laughs> for understanding. Uh, when Black Arachnia goes offline, a flat line as one from hospital monitoring equipment, can be heard in the background. Uh, the Maximals seem to treat Black Arachnia shell program as a cancerous brain tumor, uh, as evidenced by Rayonok's description of it and risky surgery to remove it. And uh, uh, during the fight, Rattrap sings a fragment of Pop Goes Weasel as he takes out Rampage. And then it says, Black Arachnia's spark produces a sound that's very similar to an electronic heartbeat. It even quickens and slows down at different points. I love that sound, by the way. I thought yeah. it was really cool. Like, I thought, because it sounds like a heartbeat, but, like, weird enough to, like, be a robot. It's cool. I liked it a lot. And so, uh, now we get to the trivia. Probing Grounds had Black Arachnia concluding that she's fine the way she is. Oh, really? And I'm arguing she meant her personality. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that statement. Like, the, the, I think, say. I think, yeah, I think this whole thing was just so that she wouldn't have to mess with the shell program to get the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, she wasn't like she she never really wanted to go under the knife for that kind of stuff. It just that if she had to or she'd die um, before she would. Yeah, she, she wants to, like, get power. So physically, if she can physically change herself to be more powerful, that's one thing. But she didn't mean that. Like you said, she meant like yeah. she didn't want to change her programming because she was fine the way she was. Yeah. But anyways, the Predacons plan involved the whole Predacon army in a coordinated effort with the sole purpose to kill an inca- inca- incapacitated Black Arachnia so she stays dead. When you think about it, that's one of the most uh, more openly diabolical schemes uh, in a cartoon that usually involves battle where the losers limp home to CR chambers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. This is actually kind of a brutal episode at points, it yeah. seems. <laughs> They just wanted uh, to kill Black Arachnia. That's all they wanted to do this day. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and then, like, with uh, Silverbolt snapping and, and breaking... No, I, I mean, I was just referring to the fact that, like, oh, that was yeah. their goal. Like, they just wanted to kill Black Arachnia. It is kind of fucked up, yeah. Mm. Uh, the missile tarantulas fires at the end of the fight. There's a no-maximal symbol on its nose cone. I saw that. Yeah. 
Uh, once again, the mysterious transmetal driver gives us a Deuces Machina at its finest. One, uh, once Black Arachnid's <laughs> transformation plan goes wrong, Ryan's Antiverse Pro fails, and she's left for dead. The driver just activates, brings her back to life, and gives her a transmetal 2 body. Because? Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I know, but... <laughs> I think I, I think in the question post I kind of already hinted at what what yeah you did. <laughs> so, I mean, wait a second, are Transmetal two zombies? <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, mm. Let's think about this for a minute. We've got the clone of Dinobot. Yeah, Cheetor who was in, in a very bad explosion and wouldn't go into CR chamber. Yeah, and then Black Arachnia who Ooh. died. And then was brought back. Well, are cyborgs like is uh, is Robocop a zombie? He well, hmm. technically he's well legally this... he's dead. But I mean, they already were robots, Cassandra. It's not like they they, they but... got more robot, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe it has something to do. Maybe it means that the spark has to go through something very traumatic that is either death or near death. Hmm. So they're like Super Saiyan robots. <laughs> I mean, kind of. They yeah. come back stronger. So if so if uh, if one of them just got really really constipated like Vegeta, he could go Super Saiyan. Oh God, that's a joke that we've never heard before. Candle, <laughs> uh, are you referring to like the really really old like Newgrounds cartoon? No, no, I'm referring to the first time Vegeta goes Super Saiyan when he's like really constipated. It wasn't like a particularly clever joke. <laughs> I liked how my friend I liked how my friend did, where he was like with Piccolo and uh Gohan. He's like, I want you to take this block of cheese, eat it all, and just squeeze it out. But anyways, uh, <laughs> there is one more trivia note. Okay. Uh, don't ever piss off Silverbolt. No. That's yeah, because he gets fucking hardcore. <laughs> And that's all we have from the TF Wiki. Okay. All right. Actually, that went a lot faster than I was anticipating going. Yeah. yeah. But still a good amount of trivia, I think, for the episode. That's a lot of trivia, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so getting to the episode at hand, uh, we open up our episode uh, with the camera sort of panning through a, a forest, I guess. And it comes upon a cave and we see some flashing lights inside we then discover black arachnia who has set up uh her version of the the transmetal machine that megatron had made she where did she get this uh capsule i know that they they mentioned that at like somewhere there was an offhand comment that a stasis pod was missing like an empty stasis pod was missing and i and i mean like specifically to her and like looking at her and she and she just kind of just you know like yeah, so okay, but like I'm, I am almost positive that that has been mentioned. I can't remember if that was uh like before the the last season finale, uh because like she already had a one that she made into a you know little flying craft, mm-hmm. or but I'm but I think there was one of the episodes uh, this season that had that kind of offhand comment like that. Okay, yeah, I. I- now, it very well might have happened, and my brain is just not remembering it. So I'll I'll take your word for it because I I cannot recall it. But if it if it was mentioned, then yeah, I guess that will explain it then. But yes, yeah, so we we got her. Uh, she's created this machine. She she starts powering it up. 
I like that uh, it has spider legs. Yeah, yeah. it's got yeah. some really creepy spider legs, and it's got like arrows on for like the tips of the legs <laughs> or arrowheads. Rather, it looks really nasty. <laughs> um, she she goes ahead and she puts the transmetal driver into the machine and activates it and gets into the machine. And they then cut to Silverbolt, who sensors pick up an energy surge detected at Vector 010. And then we cut back to her, and she's like, hit me with your best shot, and turns on the machine. Fire away! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just as she turns it on, Silverbolt shows up, and... He's like, oh, Black Arachne. And she's like, Silverbolt, no, you. And then he runs in to save the day and blows the whole thing up. Now, yep. are, are we sure she said hit me with your best shot and not hit me with your pet shark? <laughs> Sorry. No. There's a I've, book I saw in a bookstore once that was called Hit Me With Your Pet Shark and Other Misheard Lyrics of the 80s. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, there's, there's, a couple good. Of books, there's a couple of books made by that person. Like another one that I think is like, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah. Yeah, kissthisguy.com was a uh, was a website that documented those. Uh, I just yeah. like that 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 book cover. It always <laughs> stuck with me. Or Lucy's in a fight with Linus. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy's in a fight with Linus. It's a very singing episode, yep. apparently. <laughs> Cassie, you really picked a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's good, not just annoying. Uh, I like the singing. <laughs> It's nice. Aw, thank you. <laughs> um, so getting back to the episode. So yes, we, we get a big explosion. Um, Silverbolt and Black Arachne are both thrown from the machine. She's got some battle damage now. And she's like, great, you just blew a decacycle of hard work. And I'm still the same old me. To which Silverbolt is like, well, what the hell were you doing? And she goes on to explain that, you know, she was going to try and go transmetal. And it would have worked too. Gosh darn it! If it weren't for that dog bird. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Silverbolt's like, it took you a deca cycle to do that. So uh, why don't you just take another ten minutes and do it again? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> we don't know what a deca cycle is still. Yeah. Yeah. But Silverbolt, being the uh, courageous and concerned boyfriend, it's like you could have damaged yourself or worse. Um, she's like, well. If Megatron can do it, then so can I, because I'm smarter than him. Which is kind of true. I mean, she's at least on par intellectually. Yeah. Maybe like an Ivy. Well, I guess evil villainry. Evil villainry. Like, you know, the cartoony kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very, I mean, it's pretty dangerous, though. And Megatron did do it on someone else first, at least. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And just about, just as she. Excuse me, is about to uh, continue. She then starts to experience a power surge in her own body, very similar to a energon buildup surge. And she starts sort of freaking out. Sorry, what was that? I said it actually knocks knocks her out. Uh, Yeah, it does. Like she 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 faints into Silverbolt's arms. Yes. Yeah. And all I can think is Silverbolt, Silverbolt is such a dweeb lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's pretty much confirmed yeah. that he is a dweeb lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we cut to the maximal base, and we've got Black Arachnia getting scanned in what I... It looks something like the last time they scanned the, the shell program. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, there's some extra stuff in a different ring or anything, but it's still kind of similar to the same yeah. X-ray type machine. Yeah. You don't get to see Black Rackney as a womb this time, though. <laughs> well, yeah. that's because we're looking at the show program by her core consciousness in Spark. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it almost looks like, a, to me, it almost looks like a mini version of like the wheel from Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> if you like, dug out the in, inside of it, and it was hollow. Jeez. You've got Rhinox and Optimus and Silverbolt all, you know, ready to spin the wheel and win big money. This this scene made me feel old. Why did it make you feel old? Because this is the kind of scene when I was twelve that would have been like the peak of cinematography to me. Like this would have been the thing that I was like on the edge of my seat. Like this is the coolest thing ever, and I just was like painfully aware of that. When I was watching it tonight, I was like, no, no, it's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with it? It's a fine scene. It's like, I mean, this like, music yeah. isn't too loud. I'm still cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, I'm just saying, so no, get- it is a fine scene. You're right, Emily. The problem is me. I'm okay, saying it made cool. me feel old. <laughs> I, oh, okay. Well, don't worry about it too much, Ken. Is what I'm saying. It's it's not like it's a bad scene. Like I'm like I, I was just like I was sitting there. I was like I don't understand these kids today with their rap music. Okay. <laughs> All right. And their transmetal drives. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. You may proceed today. Anyway. Um. So yes. Yeah, so Rhinox uh, is uh, has scanned Black Arachnium. And he reports that the the Pred shell program that that uh, was implanted into Black Arachnia is deteriorating, and if it continues, it will affect her maximal core consciousness. So at this point, this is when Black Arachnia wakes up, and she's like, "Sounds serious," and everybody's like, "Oh, you're awake." She she sort of laments using the transmetal driver on herself, as it wasn't maybe a good idea. Um. Optimus is like, I thought you were smarter than that. He's like, and how did you get the driver? Oh. And she's like, I kind of borrowed it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, borrowed? Well, do you know, borrowed, saved from being tossed into a lava pit so no one would use it. Yeah. Same thing. I would have been like, well, nobody was using it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But when Optimus asked her about it, she's like, well, transmetals have more power. I wanted it. And then like, well, you should have told us and we could have helped. She's like, oh, yeah, sure. Help the Pred. They're all like, well, you're one of us now. Pred or Maximal. Yep. Maximal or Predacon, you're one of us. You should know that by now. Then Silverbolt's like, enough. Our only concern now is Black Arachnia's well-being. So Rhinox is... Uh, then asks if they can do anything, and he mentions that he could try severing the Pred shell program from a core consciousness. The only problem is it's never been done before. And then <laughs> they're like, and if we don't try, eh, she'll go insane, and eventually her entire core will be wiped. And that then sounds, she'll be a blank. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's fine. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, him, Black Rack is like, well, Great choice. Either be a maximal or drool oil for the rest of my life. Which clearly, I mean, just go for the drooling oil because being maximal sounds terrible, right? <laughs> um, I'm joking, of course. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> um, Rhinox says it'll take some time to get the probe ready and that they'll let her know when, when it is. And so from there, they just, you know, sort of cut to another scene. Now, I think, the, did Cassie need a, a break for a minute? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm good. Oh, you're okay. good. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> cool. All right. Cut, cut so. that part out. <laughs> Maybe. Um, from here, we, we cut to uh, outside again. And we got Black Arachnia sort of like on a little cliff edge, uh, looking off in the distance. And uh, it's actually kind of a cool picturesque scene because we got the moon off in the distance. Just the one moon, not two moons anymore, of yes, course. It's, it's very romantic. <laughs> um, she She's looking off and Silverbolt comes up and asks her if she's okay. You know, concerned boyfriend and all that sort of stuff. Um, she sort of talks about how she figured that if anyone was going to survive the Beast Wars, it would be her and that she may have been wrong. Of course, like, he's like, well, you don't say such things. He's like, Reinhardt will find a way. Hey, trust in him. And she brings up a cool po- good point when she says that trust isn't easy for a Predacon. Yeah. yeah. You've got to trust your friends, Black Arachnia. They love you. Yeah. Well, one of them it loves easy, you though. a lot. The other ones like you at least. <laughs> well, maybe not black. Maybe not rat trap. But well, y- y- you'll see later. But he has some rat traps. Rat trap. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Silverbolt brings up the point that the only reason she's a Predacon is because of Tarantulas, and that inside she's still a Maximal, and that when all of it's over, that she will be one again. And then he's because like, as you were meant to be. are inherently evil. Yeah. Maximals are inherently good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she's like, uh, it's easy for you to say you enjoy the hero stuff. She's like, me, I'm a bad girl at heart. And then uh, Silverbolt has like a line of, oh, I know your heart. And when I look into it, I see no evil. I only see love. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, ah. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah. sappy as always. But yeah. I love sappy. So. So Subi. <laughs> She's like, what did I ever see in you any, anyway? Yeah, and he goes a little like, a, his eyebrow raises a bit. She's like, oh yeah, I remember. And then they go in for a kiss, and the biggest killjoy ever happens, where she starts glowing with electricity and screaming. Did you guys just hate it when you're about to kiss a girl, and then she just starts screaming with electricity so, around her? It's just such a problem. I was worried with, the, with him giving the <laughs> sappy line that the trumpets would go off again. <laughs> oh my god could you imagine if that went off and she actually acknowledged them going off but yeah I think but yeah when, when me and Cassie watch this we're just like we just want to see robots smooch <laughs> yes yeah, so so they they were going to go in for smooch she starts to, uh, to spasm out quite a bit and we then have Silverbolt carrying her off uh, as she's sort of gone unconscious again and he's like freaking out. He's like, no. Mm-hmm. I think this is when we would have had a commercial break. Looks like Pretty it. sure. Like, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> definitely a significant blackout. And yeah. it's a good like cliffhanger. So Yeah. When we come back, we're, we're back in Rhinox's lab where we were before. And Black Arachnia is sort of regaining consciousness. Excuse me. I keep yawning. Regaining consciousness again. And they ask her how she is, and she's like, it's like somebody plays Squash the Spider with an Energon ball. <laughs> um, they uh, 
they resign themselves that they're they should probably get started before things get worse for her. And they ask her if she's ready, and she's like, "All except for one thing." And she go she decrypts the data tracks for the the codes for the arc, and she gives them to Optimus. Yeah, and I like this a lot because it's showing that she trusts the Maximals more, and it also is a pretty big deal considering the last person who went into her head was an abusive monster. Yes. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I guess you all are just used to these eye data transfer beams. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you, you sounded quite surprised by it. And I was like, yeah, when we read Cassie watches, she's like, huh, so that's how that works. I was like, oh, yeah, I've done this a few times. <laughs> like, it's not a, yeah, it wasn't a big deal to me, but I could see it being a little weird not seeing it for a while for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I will give you data and then shoot data at you. Surprise. <laughs> Well, that's why it's all zeros and ones. That's that's how I, that's how Wi-Fi works. <laughs> <laughs> so you could say that this is a line of sight data transmission. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> Done the podcast. See you guys later, Cassie. You can take over my spot. Uh. Oh, come on. You guys missed me last week, so... Oh, we did. We did. <laughs> uh, we had a yes. mess last week. I hope the episode turned out okay. It was oh, kind of a mess. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. Um, so, yes. She she transmits the codes. And we do get a little bit of a scene where Rat Trap's like, uh, it's not me. It's like, you couldn't pay me to let that spider inside my processor. She was like, shut the fuck up, Rat Trap. We think the <laughs> rat like, doesn't protest too much. Okay, yeah, so we see Cheetor, and I did not remember him looking like this at all, and this is wild. Oh, yeah, I, you you forgot his cyber puberty. Yeah, yeah I, don't, he, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, you don't like the Transmetal 2 Cheetor? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not a huge fan of the robot form either, but I love the beast form. Okay, look, you look, don't look, see look, much of the beast form in this episode. No. Just for a little bit. He like he like actually turns into it for combat, which I think is one cool thing about his beast form is that he kind of uses it to fight a lot, hmm. which they didn't really do much in the first and second season, where like he kind of just turned into a cat for reasons in the first season, and then in the second season he would use it mostly for its flight mode, and this one it's like a combat mode, and I kind of like that. Yeah. But we'll see it a little bit later. Hmm. Um. Once the data transfers through, uh, Optimus thanks Black Arachne for all the help. She's like, ah, spare me all the maximal mush and let's get the ball, ball bearing rolling here. So they activate the the machine. It sort of picks her up and puts her against the wall inside of it. And she's like, see you soon, boys, if you're lucky. And then she winks at them. And so Rhinox turns on the machine and he locks it down. Silverbolt, of course, has to say one last thing you know cheesy thing before she shuts down he's like return return to me soon beloved of course he does yeah so rhinox uh then shuts her down and uh turns off her stasis lock and begins the removal the program removal process yeah and, and robot brain surgery is weird <laughs> yeah i mean i've played trauma center i know how this goes <laughs> you just have to like when the, the, the dots are going through the blood veins you have to cut them then drain the blood and then you have to put on the antibiotic gel and suture it up oh my god that's too accurate to the seed 
<laughs> I really like Trauma Center. It's a good game. Yeah. Good game, yeah. I got it for Christmas a few miles back for the Wii, and I was pretty happy about it. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that happens as Rhinox starts to work here is we cut to uh, Tarantulas now, who has an alert go off in his lair. And I mean, I think like, we should describe a little bit what the reason well, is. Like, beyond just making jokes of Trauma Center. It looks like this big grenade thing is hooked up to these green wires attached to her brain, I guess. And oh my god, it the, does look like one of Zed's grenades. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's a visual it's a visual thing of this hacking brain surgery thing where like Rhinox is piloting this little tiny robot thing that's that's like slowly little cutting stuff. off these tendrils and yeah, like it's 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 again, it's an awesome like Tron Johnny Memnomic reference like kind of way of showing hacking that I love in cartoons and media is the best. <laughs> you, know what this, you know what this sort of reminded me of, and I'm going to make a TWA reference to it. Uh, you remember uh, Daisy's father in the Super Mario movie? Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. It reminds me of that. Oh my God. <laughs> like a, like a sort of cyberpunkish sort of version, I guess. <laughs> Cause we got it's like not, this hanging ball this and yeah. It was a little weird, but yeah, he's got like these, and it, uh, I don't, I want to say almost like root like, yeah, energy, yeah, root branches, like, yeah. There's yeah. These, like they branch, like there's, they start, they start at the the grenade thing, and they as they move towards the core Which consciousness the thing or whatever, because it's ha- it's hanging program. underneath, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's hanging underneath it, but as they like go up, they branch off at like forty five degree angles, so it looks kind of like one of those, uh, uh, I guess. Uh, decision trees, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Well, no, it, like if you saw it, you you would recognize it. But basically, yeah. yeah, there's like a main branch for each each one on the grenade, and then they all kind of like uh uh spread out and like cover around the edges of the core consciousness. Yeah, yeah. No, it would, it's definitely got a, a different aesthetic. Definitely like something that we would see on this show, but I thought it was a bit different than what we've normally seen. So yeah, yeah, I like yeah. how the little submarines kind of colored like Rhinox. Yeah, I like that too. And it yeah, sort of has like a little horn nose too. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very much, it's very much Rhinox. Yep. All right, now we can go to the Megatron scene. Okay. <laughs> yes, we, we've we've got Tarantulas who's alerted to the fact that someone is tampering with Black Arachnia's core consciousness, which seems. A little possessive. Oh, but you know, oh, Tarantula I mean, is right. one of the things he does. Yeah, Quit. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it's par for the course for Tarantulas because he's a fucking creeper. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. She did betray him, so. Well, <laughs> yeah, but he mind controlled her to begin with. Like, <laughs> I don't think. We can really call her a betrayer in this situation where, you know, she was, like, forced into into being a Predacon against her will before she was even born. Okay, like, I'm not saying he's he's a good guy for doing it. <laughs> I'm saying he's a bad guy, and he did a bad guy thing good. It's true. He did it well. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, saying that he betrayed her is a little bit strong. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so he immediately calls Megatron, who's in the bath with his 
transmetal two rubber decky. Oh my god, I was so happy about that when he like pulls it out pretty soon here and gives a little <laughs> squeeze. It was so funny. Well, it's funny because he hides it behind his back initially when he's talking to Tarantulas. Yeah, and he's like, ah, Lieutenant, what news? Well, that's because what, the camera is behind him in the in the CR chamber spa bath. Interesting, which I think is, which I think is a very v- weird place to put it. You'd think you would want it in front of you. Yeah. yeah. I didn't notice he called him Lieutenant before, but that's interesting because he, cause he is kind of designated as Lieutenant by Ravage, was it? Yes. When he was talking about, like, yeah, you're part of the KGB. Yeah. <laughs> and he calls him Lieutenant Tarantulas. So I guess I guess Megatron's taking the call on that, that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, so they have a bit of a, a back and forth um, about how the Maxwells wouldn't chance doing that. And then it's like, unless, and they're like, unless she's passed the access codes onto someone else. And Tarantula's like, Optimus, no doubt. And they're like, of course. And which fits in nicely with our little plan for him, which is that bit of foreshadowing that we alluded yeah. to earlier. It doesn't really get to that in this episode. It's no. Like but planting the seeds for the future. <laughs> and then he pulls the rubber ducky out and yep. squeezes it. And it's so funny. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He squeezes the rubber ducky because they ask, what about Black Arachnia? And Tarantula's is like, oh, she'll never survive the attempt. I, the shell I implanted in her has certain safeguards. Because of course you would do that. Oh, excuse me. Because of course you would do that because he's a freaking monster. <laughs> yeah. So we we cut back to Rhinox, who is working on a second strand of the uh, the shell program and manages to delete it. He gets a bit of a sigh of relief. And just as he's taken aim at a third, there's a little energy surge that starts coursing up this vein. And uh, the, the little drone chases after it, manages to shoot it. And we get like a sort of little firework effect when he does. Um, and he's like, oh, he's like, oh, figures tarantulas. Um, so they figure out that uh, he's sort of booby trapped it in a sense. Uh, and apparently it's the sort of thing that if it reaches her core consciousness, that it could do something very bad, essentially probably killing her. Yeah, like in trauma center when you have to when there are aneurysms or whatever flowing, going through blood streams and you have to stop before it gets to the brain. Exactly. I, I love this. <laughs> so just as uh, they're getting ready to to tackle another strand, uh, the room suddenly shakes, and everybody's like, "What the slagging?" And uh, they realize that there's a power disruption, and the the whole system starts to destabilize. And, of course, Silverbolt starts freaking out. He's like, Rhinox, do something. He's like, quit yelling and man the console. (laughs) Um, So Silverbolt immediately runs over. He's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, Wolf Bird on coffee sort of looking up from the console. His fingers are going, like, (laughs) really, really fast on it. Um, Excuse me, it's Bird Wolf. No one ever calls him Wolf Bird. Oh, yes. Sorry. (laughs) Bird bird dog is what they call him if you're you're being picky. That's true. You know, I was, I was, I just... I, I fucked it up. I was going to, like, call Greg out, and I got called out myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Story of my fucking life. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we get Optimus, who radios Rat Trap for, you know, 
the status update as to what's going on. Uh, they've got Tarantulas, Rampage, Quick Strike, and Inferno all attacking the base. Thing is, though, they're not actually attacking the door. They're just shooting at the side of the mountain. And they realize that they're just trying to disrupt the power to the base. And they're it's like, being real jerks. Yeah. Um, and when we cut outside, it's, you know, all of them are just, you know, going hog wild, just shooting at rocks. Cause Hey, it's, they aren't move. The targets aren't moving. So of course they're going to hit it. So they must all be very happy with that. Yeah. And Cheetor goes, they have the broad side of a barn to hit. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. (laughs) Oh, John Cassie. But I was going to say like, there you see, Cheetor turned into his beast form and he runs out to go fight, which I like. Yeah. Yep. So while Rhinox and Silverbolt uh, sort of uh, reestablished the, the energy flow for the procedure, uh, Rattrap, Cheetor, and Optimus all go outside to, to take on the Predacons. He, Rattrap does turn on the auto guns as well, but they can't pick the Predacons off because they're undercover. Um. The you know who would have been really handy in this sort of a situation? Death charge. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, wonder where he went. Yeah. Why? Why would he be handier than any other maximal? Because he well, can fly in. Well, yeah. so can Ma- Optimus. Yeah, but then you would have two flyers. Yeah, yeah but he could have. He could have flanked. Yeah, if he was already true. out there. He could have flanked. Listen, Tier is fast enough. It doesn't matter if he can't fly. Yeah. Depth charge also, like, is anymore. That. Can't fly anymore because he used to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Depth charge that like super speed thing where there's two of him because he's literally jumping from one spot to the next. Yeah. Sorry, Kendall. What were you uh, saying? I was going to say depth charge is probably hanging out with Una and she's teaching him about simple machines. <laughs> George, can you describe that Pokemon move and what it's called now? Uh, you know, I was going to. Uh-huh. I think it's yeah. No, it's not double edge. No, double edge is uh, uh, an attack razor. Double team. That's what it's called. Yes, that's what yes, it is. Yes, double team. <laughs> yeah. How did we go from <laughs> from that to Pokemon? Because Jordan literally oh. described the Pokemon move double team. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like a thing. Like I mean, it's a thing ninjas do. Yeah, and Pokemon. It's and definitely the a fighters thing. have done. I I swear. Yeah. Uh, I remember it most, Dragon Ball did I'm sure they similar. have, but I remember it most from Pokemon and Adike. Um, like we we've got some Pokemon fans in here too, so I thought it would work out. Not that we don't have Dragon Ball. Fans, nope, Pokemon sucks. <laughs> what? No, Why? I'm just you guys gonna fight because like that's yes. Pretty... Look, it's Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> or nothing. That, we're gonna fight with Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Sorry, sorry. Pokemon, Pokemon Go doesn't have PvP, so that's true. Well, sort of technically, if you're in a gym battle, but you're still fighting the AI of it. Yeah, yeah. We both we we would both stand by a gym and like just go back and forth trying to take it. Oh my gosh, that's mine. No, it's mine. But I still love um Cheetor's like whole rocket pack running thing that he does. It's so cool. And he, he knocks over a quick strike into the gorge. Unless I cut ahead of you guys. Sorry. Oh, I, just, I was just watching that screen and I, and I thought it was a good scene. <laughs> it is a cool scene. Because, yeah, he just sort of like bats him right off and then just keeps on going. Um, this we 
then cut to Rat Trap, and this is where we got him hiding behind the rock and uses his Rim of Requirement requirement arm to uh, to pop out one of his little sticky box grenades. And I'm not going to say he tosses it on his butt, but it's he really it so it goes close. underneath him. Yeah. Or, no, like, on, so it basically hits him from behind. Like, it, it's... I'm really it's, tempted to see how many puns we could come up with for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. I, no, I, I, I mean, I, don't have to, I missed some of that. Cause it's, I, heard, I, heard, I heard silence and then Greg say, I wonder how many puns we can come up with. So I think I missed something there. Well, Jordan, yeah. I, just, I just don't want to uh, go for such a low-hanging fruit. Ah, uh, there. Jordan, I knew you wouldn't let me down. There we go. Um, yeah, so, and then we have Rat Trap with the great line, Pop Goes the Crab Cake. Yeah. Instant classic. Mm-hmm. Um, we we then turn our attention to Inferno, who is still shooting at the mountain, and the auto gun cannot hit him because he's below it. Um, Optimus then does a flyby and shoots a couple of missiles at him, which miss. But, he, he dodges out of them easily. Like Yeah. But taunts, taunts him about it. Yeah, he taunts him about how he missed, only to realize that he has now lifted himself up and high enough that the autogun can now shoot him, which it proceeds to do. Yeah. And for some reason, these turrets talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, the autogun sometimes did have a, a voice. It really yeah. depends. Yeah, it's Sentinel, right? Yeah. That's the whole, well, yeah, the whole point of the whole episode. Yeah, they don't have Sentinel anymore. Oh, they didn't yeah. get. Isn't that what Rat Trap was in the submarine to get? Yeah, but yeah, they didn't but get it. Oh, it got taken from him. They, they lost. Megatron got it. Oh, I don't remember that far back. Okay, <laughs> but why would you ever design a turret that can talk? Because why? Why, why wouldn't you talk? Design a turret that can talk. Was it designed by a serious cybernetics corporation? No. Cricket. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> They're the um it's the from Hitchhiker's Guide. They made the doors that like yeah. are like, I'm very happy that you let me open for you. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> I haven't thought we were going from uh, the portal turrets. Those are pretty great. Are you still there? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. So we we cut back to to Rhinox and Silverbolt, who are working away on Black Arachnia. Rhinox uh, has one strand left, and as he starts to take aim, instead of one energy uh, bolt that pops out of it, we get two. So he immediately gives chase with the little probe and takes out one of them. And as he's sort of squaring up to take out the other one, we then cut to Tarantulas with his big honking bazooka and the missile with the uh, maximal symbol with the the line, like the sort of almost like the Ghostbuster X-esque rather uh, line through it. And he shoots it off. It, you know, bl- hits the side of the mountain just as Rhinox is about to take out that second spark, which disrupts the, the energy flow and he can't get back in. And he starts freaking out. The spark connects with her core consciousness and causes a big explosion inside of her. The light show and it rains down. Yeah, yeah her those eyes XS missions out. in Trauma Center are really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Black Arachne, his eyes go white and then close. And Rhinox 
realizes that they have unfortunately failed. And we get uh, a flatline. Yes. A robotic flatline. We then get uh, Silverbolt, who walks over to the device that, that's holding Black Arachnia. He puts his hand up against it. Rhinox, uh, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. And uh, he's like, I'll let Optimus know. Mm-hmm. And so as and, he leaves. And kind of implies then to give you, you know, a moment. Yeah. Um, Silverbolt uh, looks back to Black Arachnia. Then we see him ball up his fist. He sort of gets a snarl face going and his eyes go red and he says, Tarantulas. Yeah. He's yep. going to fuck him up. <laughs> yep. Um, so this is when we would have gone to another commercial. It, it comes back and uh, we've got Cheetor and Rattrap who are sort of like taking cover behind some rocks. Uh, they're shooting and Tarantulas uh re- orders a retreat because the traitor is done for back to base. So the, the max turns into the totally awesome spider motorcycle, which no (laughs) one could ever hate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's it's flipping awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) rat trap and Cheetor, you know, celebrate for a moment, give each other high fives. They're like, yeah, all right. We whip their tails or what? Um, Optimus is like, no, there's something wrong. And then he turns his attention to the door as Rhinox opens it with a very grim expression on his face. We then cut inside and uh, they're sort of doing a little, you know, remembrance as they're all gathered around her. Uh, Rat Trap is like, I never thought I'd say it, but uh, I'm, I'm going to miss her. He sounds like he's going to cry more than he did when Danabot died. Yeah. And Cheetor was like, I know all well, I will. The titty is tempting. Oh my god, Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> he did he did make he did say the thing about like I'd never want to hook up with her. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See it's sad that Dinobot isn't around because then he could do the Shakespearean the, the right doth protest too much. Uh-huh. Oh man, he could have presided over a funeral. Yeah, oh, yeah. many funerals that he never got to go over. He only got to go to one, his own. Oh, <laughs> too soon. I love how I'm pretty sure her Cassie laughing at that because she's actually listened to the episodes where we talk about that, unlike other guests that we've had. <laughs> there was a I I that's a that's probably my favorite, but it's also a heart wrenching episode for me. Oh, Even uh, though it was some person's not favorite. Oh, I meant more just like when we talked about like how we made a lot of jokes at the beginning of the, of the series about yes. how like Dinobot funeral. Yeah, that thing. Anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so. Um, and, uh, we mentioned Optimus is like, she was something special. We should have trusted her more. Yeah. I like that. If only because Silverbolt loved her. Yeah. Assholes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's like, uh. Yeah, where is Silverbolt? And then Optimus is like, he could no, no. <laughs> of course he fucking did. Of course he did. Fucking Paladin, of course he's gonna fucking yep. try and avenge his love. Yeah, so sure enough, we cut to, to Silverbolt, who is flying through the sky. Uh, or rather, before that, 
uh, we zoom in on the uh, transmetal driver as it starts to glow as everybody exits the room. Because it's very shy. It doesn't like doing its work when people are around to watch. Uh, I know how that is. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we then got to Silverbolt, uh, who has managed to track down Tarantulas in his spider bike mode. Uh, and immediately starts to attack him. He actually shoots him off a cliff, and he crashes. This is a great action scene. Yeah, cause, yeah, because he's in the bike form and he skitters around too. That's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's in shot really well, and I just yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, Silverbolt. Um, he gets a really good line. He's like, "You've twisted your last innocent life, Spider." And then Tarantulas transforms. He's like, "Ah, the avenging hero." And then he uses a tack we've never seen him use before. Yeah. yeah. Well, he like, shot missiles out of these spots before. Yeah, missiles. But that's yeah. different. Like, this yeah. And guns aren't and the same thing. <laughs> I think there has been one episode when he's in the in the transmetal body where he's like shot a machine gun like thing from the tip of uh, his his legs, but he doesn't do it ever again. Wasn't that? that oh no! Wait, I'm this. thinking of Black Iraq. Yeah. Because well, I was like, thinking with the rampage introduction episode, bullets out of his legs and then missiles out of his tires. You know, like yeah, it's this is like machine guns out of it, which is fine. I'm just saying it's new. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. trap's arm thing. He can just generate bullets or missiles. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Whatever yeah. he needs. Missiles are cooler though. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he starts shooting several. Or trying to shoot Silverbolt, rather. Silverbolt pulls out some blade uh, knife blades this time. Yes. The rarely used ones. Yep. And uh, and he shields himself with his wing. Yes. That's also a new move for him. Yes. Um, We then cut back to the lab, and the the transmetal driver has started floating up in the air. And it immediately moves over Black Arachnia's body. So it's kind of creepy in that it's, you know, sort of watching her dead body. And then it starts to, like... Spasm, yeah, and yep. we get these energy tendrils that shoot out of it into her body, and we see her, see her body sort of reacting to it. Um, <laughs> That's a, mm. I'm just he, remembering when me and Cassie were watching this, and Cassie was like, "Oh, those good spider boobs." <laughs> they are very well formed. I was debating whether to say it or not. <laughs> I had to well, call you out because we got M here. She said yeah. it for you. Yeah. I had to call you out, Cassie. <laughs> but they yeah, are very prominent in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like sticking up there. <laughs> um, we, we cut back to the Silverbolt, who um, he, he's he's getting shot, but he sort of is, he shrugs it off and just launches his missiles directly at Tarantulas, which you know blows him back into a, a rock. Um, oh, I, I forget. Does he get the little oh no shout that he usually does when? Yes. He, when- <laughs> I yeah. love Tarantulas. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he did it like a few episodes ago for like the the kids. Was that like actually? Well, that was last episode. It just wasn't our last episode. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So so Tarantulas is, is unconscious at this point. Silverball sort of like looking over his body. Um, we then cut to Rampage, who is watching off in the distance with the telescope, and he's like, "Ah, oh, such pain." Um. Yeah, he does. He's like, I must help deepen it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and while he was doing this, <clears throat> I was like saying, like, 
do it, kill him, do it the whole time. <laughs> I was like, don't fucking wait. <laughs> I knew something was going to happen. Feel, feel like the Emperor from Star Wars. Like, yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it now. Ah, <laughs> oh, he blew it. <laughs> um, we. What we are you then... drinking over there, Emperor Mountain? Do it. <laughs> Now I'm just ripping off Game Grumps. Don't worry about yeah, it. I was about to say that's. Let's go through them. That's a good joke. Okay. It is. I was going to try and rip off a joke from Robot Chicken, but I can't now. Yeah, you blew it. <laughs> Damn it. So, which, Nobody says which wizard anymore. <laughs> What the hell is an aluminum falcon? <laughs> aluminum falcon. Uh, Seth MacFarlane doing the Emperor in those shorts are some of the best gags I've yes. ever seen. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, I need to watch this series. That it's, also, into it. I, it's also Wait, one of those things. Seth MacFarlane, good gags? Mm, I don't well, get he it. didn't no, write it, so. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, Tom Root and uh, it's Dan Senerich are the producers and part of the team that writes for Robot Chicken. Uh, and Seth Green is an executive producer, so he yeah. sometimes gets his friends to help him out. And Seth MacFarlane comes on quite a few times, which is actually kind of funny because I still love how at the end of one of the uh, Family Guy uh, Star Wars things, at the end, they're like, yeah, but then like Robot Chicken kind of already beat you to this. And like, uh, I don't think anyone watches that show. And it's, like, and it's like just Chris and Peter just basically bickering back and forth about Robot yeah. Chicken and Family Guy. Yeah. And like, I remember just that. Ends, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah like, he says, like, like, doesn't he say something like, I don't watch Comedy Central? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, and what's with that 15 minute thing? And he's like, oh, so you do watch it. He's like, because I just, it's what's, because I mean, I just imagine Seth MacFarlane and, and Seth Green just sniping at each other like this on purpose to write this down. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, getting back to Beast Wars, um, we've we've got the the transmetal driver uh, sort of continuing to spasm over Black Arachnia. Uh, she opens her eyes, and uh, we then sort of cut inside, and it's, it almost looks like this metallic liquid starts covering her inside, sort of thing. Oh, little weird looking. Didn't think we'd get like this in this episode, but all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, then cuts back to to Silver Bolt. We also we do get also a quick shot of her of a spark. Spark. Yeah. Kind yes. of like reigniting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we then cut back to the Silver Bolt, who has planted one of his uh, his feather missiles into the ground, uh, sort of pointed end up, and he then uh, grabs Tarantulas. Oh my and, god! And starts yeah. to hoist him up over his head. Yep. We're sort of and getting the is, Yeah, he's he's gonna impale him on the fucking spike, and that's freaking hardcore, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and before he does it, he howls into the sky. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and we do get Rampage saying, "Ah, not very maximal of you." And then he then proceeds to shoot at Silverbolt, who. Smartly uses tarantulas <laughs> as a shield, which I loved. I laughed at that. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, and so we see tarantula sort of fly off over his head. Silverbolt gets knocked back, um, but before he can grab his missile that's laying right beside him, uh, Rampage plants his foot on his hand, 
and points his gun directly at his face. And he's like, hmm, this will hardly be any fun at all. And then we then hear Black Arachne's voice as she appears on the scene and says, yeah, for you, Creepazoid. In her new transmetal form. Yes. The spider to the rescue is not my favorite. Yeah. So if you, guys, if you guys will direct your attention to the Skype chat, yes. I've posted a picture. Uh, mm-hmm. This of is Lady what, Octopus. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is say. what Black Arachnia looks like. I think yeah. the octopus looks better than that, but yeah, yeah, it is. It is very similar. I will give it that. Mm. Is her name? Yeah. Her name's not Lady Octopus. Does they change it to Lady Octopus later? Her name is. It's, she's Doctor Octopus. I know she is, but I think they change it later to something like that. I could be I, wrong. I thought they did like li- like Lady Doc Ock or something like that, or something like that. Just. Just because people yeah. were com- like were confusing, I think she actually got mad about it at one point. Uh, well, I think, I, I, yeah, I think like after Doc Ock comes back, she okay. she gets her. But I could. She be doesn't wrong. do very much I, after yeah. Doc Ock comes back. Uh, <laughs> I love the onomatopoeia in this scene is frack. Frack. <laughs> it's a good onomatopoeia. Yeah, this is this is better than when the cap shield hit someone as they commanded him to wang. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I don't know. Like, just yeah, I don't like this design that much. I'm gonna be yeah. honest. Especially yeah, we, the face; it's not as good the as the is, previous yeah, one. It's not, and yeah, it's not nearly as good. And just like it kind of has this weird, like, like it looks like she's got like a red bikini on, and then like a gold like briefs, and it just yeah, it just looks weird. I don't really like it that much, but I do like that she has hands now. <laughs> Three fingered hands. Yeah, with hands. As and to, and those Wolverine uh, claws. Yeah, I was gonna say claws that kind yeah. of like can pop over her hands so she can fight with yeah. them. That's cool. And I like things that aren't realistic looking spiders. So even though I don't like her beast form, I kind of like it more than a realistic spider. <laughs> I don't know what movie saw that I thought it was fine. Well, rather than having like a standard spider face with like the eight eyes sort of thing, it only has two. Yeah, it's got a uh, weird it looked kinda... like they were like. The there's like a little when she's a spider there's like two that you see right by her mouth but the like the little helmet thing I think is supposed to be other ones like there's like oh, okay. yeah. little clear like raised bubble things yeah okay. so they're not red like her other eyes, so, so Kendall oh, okay yeah I see them now what do yeah. you think of it eh. hating every single transmetal design I no well for the if you listen to the tape. I I like both of the other two Transmetal Two designs. I know. Okay. Uh, yeah, you did like Dinobot. Yeah, you I like Dinobot, Dinobot and I, I really like Cheetor. Um, you really like Cheetor? Yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> um, so I think that I think that uh, it's definitely a downgrade. Uh, but uh, yeah, like it's a shame that in order to have this character, we had to get rid of the. The black arachnia design, because the black arach- the original black arachnia design is really good. Like if this was just a new character, then it would be great. Um, but but it's yeah, it's okay. It's better than I mean, it's better than uh, transmetal uh, uh, tarantulas. Um, Disagree. <laughs> it's better than optimal optimus. Um, probably not better than just about any other character though. Probably find- on uh, in line with uh, even though it's apples and oranges. Um, I don't really eat a lot of apples or oranges. 
uh, and that's kind of how I feel about her and Rat Trap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find that of the ones that we've seen go to Transmetal Two, I found that Dinobots was the most closely resembling his original form, mm-hmm. at least in his robot form, anyway. Yes. Um, Cheetors, I think, is the furthest that we see. Uh, certainly, both in his beast form and his robot form. And Black Arachnias, I think, it comes in like second place, so to speak, with the robot form in a sense, because she's still sporting like the helmet sort of head. Um, I find that her face is a lot more well defined now with her features. Mm-hmm. But they and, did a bad job defining it. Is yeah. What I think. Um, it's just that I find that they. Uh, in, well, we've referred to it in past episodes. I find that she's got uh, more sort of kibbles and bits, I guess you could say, on her head, um, which actually I tend to find helps with um, her expressive, with her being able to express herself a bit more. Um, but that's just my opinion on it. Now, it's it, some people might say, well, I find that it doesn't really help. There is also nose looks now, weird. There is also the fact now that she's got teeth, which is yeah. I just in, in general, I just I don't like her robot she had, face at all. She had fangs in her other form, though. I mean, just fangs are okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I, I, find, I, I, yeah. I find it sort of like a middle ground. Yeah, but yeah. I think but, well, I you know what? I'm actually I think a little bit. I like it more. It's just it's just that I like. Black Arachnia, the original Black Arachnia is one of my favorites, and it's just, it's a shame that you gotta get rid of that one. Why couldn't Optimal Optimus get this design? You mean the Lady Spider design? Or yeah, just exactly. The, the Lady Spider <laughs> design. You just want Optimal Optimus to, to be a girl. Yeah. You want him, you want to I mean, I wouldn't girl. have a problem I get with that. that. I wouldn't have a no, problem I, I with that. I wouldn't have a problem with it either. But, I love that. Or just have him be a dude with a boobs. trans icon. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, or, or or whatever. Like it's just it's just uh. Or bring back Air Razor is this if they want to you know like, it, or or have a completely new character like completely get rid of Depth Charge and just introduce another spider. I like Depth Charge. <laughs> like you know, there's there's so many options. Yeah, well, that. the thing is, the reason we did this is because they got a toy of black. Yeah, I, trans- I fucking know that, Emily. I fucking know <laughs> oh, that. Wow, wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ken. I'll just back off now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You do that because I the toy shit. Are we okay? Uh yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm so worried there. <laughs> I have to admit, though, Kendall, the the idea of removing depth charge and having a character like the having this character, but okay, I'll refer to it as a not Black Arachnia character <laughs> being introduced in place of depth charge. Would you still have wanted the role that depth charge had? where this character would have been after rampage because i think that would have been really cool actually yeah i mean i mean her her design um the more i think about it it looks like one of those 90s comic book assassin designs yeah so like it does, like, very like 90s uh, comic. yeah 
uh, like from X Force. Uh, what is it? Domino from the X Force, kind of kind of reminiscent of that, or or um, uh, not a '90s character, but like X twenty three almost has a similar feel to X twenty three. Yeah, well, she has uh, in, the two. She has the two claws, like X twenty three. Yeah, um, just just uh, yeah. I think I think having and and also because also like like having the because one thing I like about the design is she's small. Like I kind of wonder if the Transmetal Two version was a five dollar toy instead of a ten dollar toy. Um, haven't brought that up in a while. That's a deep cut. Uh, <laughs> but having having uh, as opposed to like a big guy and another big guy, like you could almost yeah you could almost tell the same story, but with with that character with a, char- a character design like that. I think it would have made an interesting dynamic if we had had that as the. As that that whole rampage protagonist to the character that's introduced in this season as the one that's hunting him, I think that would have been really cool from the standpoint of seeing like a really strong. Well, not to say that Black Arachne is not strong because I mean over the course of this entire series we've seen her be very intelligent, very skillful, and when push comes to shove, the vast majority of the time she can hold her own. Um, I think it would have been even more impressive to have introduced a second female character that could have sort of gone toe to toe with rampage with that sort of character design. And I think it would have lent even more of a creepy factor because of the fact, like, you know, the whole dynamic that we've got with rampage and, and depth charge and that whole backstory with, with colony Omicron and him destroying everybody and then rubbing it in depth charges face at every opportunity. I think it could have lent itself to the idea of having this character in place at depth charge in that it would have added that sort of extra bit of creepiness to rampage that would have sort of elevated the, the, the character that we would have brought in because she would have been such a good oppose opponent to rampage. I think it would have really, really, Given an opportunity to to have seen something really good in that in that respect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. will say that probably one of the reasons that Char was bought as a foil to Rampage is because they're both aquatic creatures. Yeah. So if they, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, we know, I mean, we know. It's from, all about the toys. The toy it's all about the toys. It's not about the art I'm at not, all. I'm not talking about the toys here. I'm talking about. The fact that it, they they had an aquatic creature that they wanted to place against another aquatic creature—that's all I'm talking about. I'm not yeah. talking about the toys. Now you have to yell at me again, Kendall. <laughs> Thinking of like a spider crab yeah. or an octopus. It's got eight legs, that's and she'd be true. even more like Lady Octopus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did confirm that they call her Lady Octopus in uh, the wiki. So I don't know when they started calling her that, but yeah, I guess it's. So, that's a thing like when they bring yeah. when they bring villains back to be nothing characters <laughs> uh they they change their names slightly mm. okay so, so yeah so, yes. kick the so, shit out of everybody <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah so to, she she proceeds to kick the crap out of rampage she throws him pretty much into a cliff i really like how she does a lot of kicks and on the on the toy card, it like said that she did powerful roundhouse kicks, and I'm yes. like, yeah, perfect, beautiful. <laughs> she yeah, likes listen- to kick. By by the way, listeners, when I put up the question posts, uh, you can on our Twitter and uh, 
uh, I used like one of the little toy bio info cards, and <laughs> it was kind of fun. Yeah, I, I, I like, like those things. I'm looking at a beast from again. I kind of like that it's a spider with hands. It's like, yeah, get ya. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I didn't notice before um, on her chest. Uh, and no, I'm not talking about her boobs right now. Um, <laughs> there's a red sort of um, centerpiece, and it looks similar to the the sort of cover that we would see to cover a spark, like with Cheetor's spark. Mm. So I wonder if that's where her spark is located, because Cheetor's got his in his leg. Could be, could be, yeah. got his in his chest, and then I think Black Arachnids might be in her chest too. By the way, you know what? And you know what else, though, about this character is that she's not black anymore. She's not black arachnia anymore. She's yeah, blue she's arachnia. like navy blue arachnia. <laughs> she's blue. Dabba dee dabba die. Wait for that. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> I also was going to say, like, on the toys where the, the supposedly little spark things were, like on uh, Dinobot and Cheetor. Uh, they were like a little plastic bubble that had a little setting in them that had the their faction symbol in it. And oh, that's they don't, cool. Yeah, and while and while they don't show it here in the series because like that that's where their spark is, I just thought it was kind of neat. I don't think I ever got to look at uh, Transmetal Two Black Arachnia because I don't know what faction symbol was in there. Mm. Man, I really want to. They call color a maximum on the on the on the card. Yeah, so, but <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just um, but like. I, it just makes me. Do you talking about that? Makes me really want to get like just the three Cheetor figures. I think that'd be so cool. I love <laughs> Cheetor. Oh, one of the things I forgot to mention when Black Arachnia reappears is when she transforms. Instead of saying terrorize, she now says maximize. I mean, she's been saying that for a while. Or could be wrong. I um, do not. She remember hasn't really that. said anything when she transforms lately. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, maximize showing that she's a little maximal now, and she jumps down there and yeah, beats people up. I like how she's got like this web, like grappling hook thing. Yes. Yeah, she she like grabs um, Rampage by the neck and then starts like spinning him <laughs> around. Yeah, she shoots this web out of her mouth, and that's not where webs come from. <laughs> no, it's like yeah, it's got like. Like the end of the web's got a little claw on it, so it's almost like it's her yeah. mandible shooting out. But yeah. yeah, yeah, she spins around, and that then right round like a record right. baby, right round, round, round. <laughs> Sorry. This is the musical episode. <laughs> um, and oh, yeah, just Rampage wait. gets thrown into a cliff, and Silverbolt gets dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love how he he follows it like around and around like a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like some crabs never know when to let it go um, and I like her next line a lot yeah and she's like hmm, when, not too shabby well that one too which Cassie alluded to earlier that was really good and she's like not too shabby the way she says it is just really funny and then I I'll love try and put she, that sound clip in not too shabby please and I love that she goes up to, uh, to uh, Silverbolt there and she's like you're not going to quit on me now Bowser not when I've gone and got my nails done <laughs> and everything. I love that line for some reason. I just think it's All really eight of them. Cute. It was, <laughs> I, I was, it was an acceptable line. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it was acceptable. I, I just thought it was good, but... <laughs> um, we then return to the Maximal base, and we've got 
Black Arachnia explaining. She's like, one minute I was tumbling down a dark pit, the next there was this light, and Which, then I by saw. By the way, it implies yeah. that she was going to go to hell. Yes. Yeah, because literally half of hell is called the pit. Yeah. yeah, they they so, have they have. This is at the point where they they refer to their their hell as the pit. Yeah. So yeah, it's good that they brought her back. Um, Another yeah, chance to redemption. Her way into heaven. I don't know. It's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> um, she then says that she saw Silverbolt in danger, and then run. And then Optimus is like, and rushed off on your own as usual. Not a very maximal approach. And Wait, which as Jordan, I said earlier, pointed really? out, it's not exactly. Yeah. Jordan, didn't you read trivia at the beginning saying that Optimus had yeah. a similar experience? So does that mean Optimus was also going to hell? Hmm. Mm. I don't think he said he's going to the pit. I think he just he had a similar experience. It was, it was easy. Yeah, he had the similar experience of t- of falling through darkness and then uh, suddenly seeing light. Okay. I'd have to look for the exact quote, but I. I don't think he said the pit. Well, yeah, yeah. That's 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 that. But that's depends. If he said if he said he was tumbling down, then you might assume yep. that it might have been the pit. Uh, no, you know what? It, you but, know what? I think it is. He didn't say the pit because he didn't. He was embarrassed. Uh, but <laughs> um, he probably did go to hell since he's a racist war criminal. So. <laughs> oh my god. I'm pretty sure when like eh, when like Rhinox goes to grab his spark, he's like going for the cosmos to get it. But yeah, anywho. But yes. Well, anyway, I just assume I'm going to hell. So when I so if I don't, it's nice Jordan. Surprise. What? Jordan, it, it's like going to be like a boy. nice surprise if it if it turns out that I don't. Or, you know, don't go to hell. Cool. I guess. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. Um. So we we then get Black Rackney saying, "Even when I'm good, I'm still bad." <laughs> and then we get so, another corny line from Silverbolt. Still as welcome as a moonlight. <laughs> yes. Ratchet face palms. Yeah. Yeah. Ratchet phys- uh, physically uh, just recoils at that line. Yeah. And of course, he he then proceeds to say, "When I thought you were gone, I." And she's like, "You don't get rid of a prize like me that easy, Jojo." Bizarre um, adventure. Yeah. She's like, but if I keep having to save you when you're trying to save me, my future may be in doubt. So knock it off. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm sorry, but I will never I will ever be your champion, my lady. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, the way you talk, and then we see her going in for a kiss and then it cuts away and we hear like a little electrical So don't get to sound. see tra- Transformer Smooch. Yeah. And then when we cut back Silverbolt's like the part that covers his eyes is glowing. Or, yeah, it's glowing. And she's like, transmetal power, better get used to it. And that's the end of the episode. Imagine how it's gonna be when they fuck. <laughs> Silverbolt's like, this has never happened before. She's like, it's okay, it happens <laughs> like, with all guys. It, 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 it cuts to like Rat Trap walking for the hallway and in Silverbolt's room there's this flashing lights in the bottom <laughs> oh of the <God>. door. <laughs> And Rat Trap's like, not again. <laughs> uh, Alright. Yeah. Overall yeah, impressions, everybody? I like the episode. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Like yeah, I, I is that oh sorry. I was just gonna say I just kinda I think they kinda did an, an okay job with uh Black Arachnias and, and and Silverbolts too, Arc. Like they, they do when they when they 
you know, touch upon and like focus on it, they seem to like really try to do a good job. Yeah. Yeah, I like the storyline of well, I love Black Arachne and her story. It's good. And um Silverbolt is is like a, an interesting addition, even though he he can be a little, a little bit chauvinistic, he's also he's also good. Like he's a good guy. And um one thing that I would I will note that when me and Cassie were watching, we both kind of thought it went by really fast. It was a very fast paced episode. Yeah, I did yeah. find that with this episode. Um What about you, Kendall? So I liked it. However, um, for whatever reason, I didn't feel like watching it a second time. And there's not very many episodes that that's the case. Uh, so what that means is it was interesting enough that I actually paid attention for the whole episode, but it wasn't interesting enough that I would want to watch it twice. I think that's the thing. Like, this is a very, like, story-driven, uh, finishing up the arc kind of episode. Uh, it was, and it was good like it, it it put a good ending on the black arachnia arc <laughs> um because there have been some good episodes and some bad episodes dealing with that uh and i yeah i guess i like i like the black arachnia transmetal 2 design and stuff so i'm you know interested to see what happens in the last uh, episode and a half or whatever that we've got left um, <laughs> it's a little bit more got, than we've that got a, we've got like three left yeah. We got like Actually, what, f- half of one episode left. <laughs> or rather we've got four left, sorry. Just we just a four. just a cold open before the before the uh <laughs> okay. Jesus. Sorry. Right. I'm my the, the yeah, sorry, I'm not funny tonight. That's well, okay. <laughs> You're trying, that's what I'm, matters. Yeah. I'm I'm sick, you guys. I'm sick. Yeah. I'm sorry, for, for anybody who doesn't know, Kendall's been been getting over being sick. Well, yeah. that would be most. I mean, unless can you did you tweet out you're sick? <laughs> no, I don't think anyone knows. Except so he for did us. mention before we started recording. <laughs> no, I did. I did though in the last in the last few days do three interviews for my new podcast. So I'm going to be uh, sounding extra super raspy, extra you know masculine Johnny Cash sounding in the first few episodes <laughs> of it. So he's going to sound right. like Batman. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, we've got the uh, the episode done. Uh, I think we had a question or two, and then we've got the news post. So why don't we take a quick break, and then we will get back to it. See you in a bit. we're back so we've only got a couple of questions this week as well as the news post what we'll do first is we're going to tackle those two questions and then we shall get to the news post yep so jordan what do we have there so we got one from the facebook group uh ryan butson asked us that if transmetal 2 affects organic life that means theoretically it can affect humans uh with that in mind would you want to become a transmetal 2 your human I don't know. Being a being a trans lady is hard enough. <laughs> I would have to know what it would entail being transmetal to human. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think I'm the same mind as you, Jordan. I'd want to to know, or at least get an idea as to what it would do to me. 
I just don't want an even worse design. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that. But what what if you can make it from the ground up, though? That's what I mean. Like, if it's something you could actually physically make and control to your own... Thing. I, think I don't I've, think any I've of the transcendental tiers do that, though. Yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah. If I got a, if I got to actually design my own transmetal two body, I would definitely do it. It's like the old argument: if you could transfer your con- consciousness to a robot body, would you do it? And it's the whole like, well, if I could make the body however I want it to be, if the yeah. body's hot enough, I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, same. <laughs> Question <laughs> I have is: Can I, I shoot lasers out of my hands? Maybe. Okay. Uh, I'm I learned sorry. key for that, actually. Uh, well, androids can do it. That's true. That's true. They yeah. can. I was just thinking of the, the C-Lab episode where they got got into that argument, and then they actually <laughs> did do that episode where they were in robot bodies. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, like uh, as much as of a control freak I am and stuff like that, being able to actually monitor... The minutest detail of of how my body works would be very nice, mm-hmm. especially considering how I have bad eyes and you know like back problems and stuff like that that annoy me constantly. So getting rid of those would be would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking my transmetal two body would be just it would be me, but with a working pancreas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. I mean, Weird Al Yankovic wrote a story about it, or wrote a song about it. <laughs> uh, so we also have a question from uh, the Twitter feed. Uh, from well, they're currently their handle is Ready for Seattle colon end parentheses. Just so you know what emoji they used. Oh, Gwen. Uh, but it's yeah, it's Gwen with uh, with Suaru. Uh, and they asked, uh, "What is with the with the a?" Wait, no, sorry, that's 90s. And lady robots having giant shoulders. And why did that trend stop? And she also, she also included a picture of a Gundam with giant shoulder pads and a shooting m- bunch of missiles. Yeah. So well, I put that in chat if anyone wants to see. It's I'll see it, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Was Were the shoulder pads in ladies' coats a 90s or an that. 80s thing? See, I think there was like the whole like uh, business like pantsuit kind of thing in the yeah. 80s for women that and they had like the 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 uh big shoulder pads yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the stuff shoulder pads mm. at, and i know there was like a bunch of jokes about that in the in the in the 80s and 90s yeah i think the i think the shoulder pads thing was an 80s trend that went into the 90s and yeah. okay. cartoon design is always a few years behind yeah, it tends to stay with that, with whatever the last trend for a while. Okay. And like shoulders are just a thing you can make really big without doing impeding too much with everything else. Well, World World of Warcraft seems to be pretty successful at it. They yeah. love their shoulder pads in World of Warcraft. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. When I play totally. that game, they are just mass. I'd be I'd be a, a priestess in like a in some nice robes and then massive shoulder pad armor. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, a quick one-panel webcomic from someone where they were like talking about the, sh- the new shoulder pads, which are basically just these giant faces that are have open mouths and like things coming there. And like, uh, what's what's this exactly coming out here? Because you know, I I have asthma, so should I be worried? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And that was their only two questions. <laughs> okay. Well, good questions. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> 
Excuse me. All right. So on to our news post. Oh, uh, wait, I just remembered oh. something as, as a point to order about shoulder pads. Uh, Mabel Pines used used a coat with giant shoulder pads to to show that she was a boss in an episode of Gravity Falls. That's so, pretty cute. Yeah. So while it was an '80s and '90s thing, uh, I think uh, it still is harkened back to uh, by 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 things as a shorthand. <laughs> That's cool. All right. So we've got that out of the way. So we got in the news post here now. Yep. Uh, first point of order uh, that is brought to our attention. And this is all, of course, uh, courtesy of Kate, our friend Casey, at Lady K. Hirsch on Twitter. Uh, she brings to our attention first off that Hasbro uh, announced that their friends at, is it PV Donuts? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's PV Donuts. Hold okay. on. I actually have the, oh no, I did, I closed that. I thought I had the thing still open. Yeah. Uh, so, see. yeah, it is, oh, Providence Donuts. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's. It's it's yeah P, it's their user handle is uh, at PV Donuts and it's for Providence yeah. Donuts. Okay, so Providence Donuts has created two donuts for uh, two Hasbro properties. One is the Bumblebee Honey Hero, <laughs> and a Pinkie Pie Sprinkle Surprise Donut uh, in celebration of Hasbro. Both look very delicious. I want yes. to eat both of them. The Pinkie Pie is so pink. <laughs> very bad. It sure is full of so much sugar. But it's yeah. so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's like It'll full be of like off the walls. It's got yeah. stars and and like, ver- like various thing. like yeah various it's, types of sprinkles and different shapes like these little ball sprinkles and yeah it's it's adorable. very it's very it's very appropriate like it's very, very Pinkie Pie yeah. <laughs> so yes that that leads off the news post. Uh, we then uh, getting to the meat of the post, so to speak. Hey there, beasties! Your favorite femme fatale, Casey, is here. How about some hot and ready <laughs> Black Widow spider facts before I invite you into my news parlor? Did you know that, despite their notorious reputation, Black Widow bites are rarely dangerous, and most people who report being bitten by one recover within 24 hours and suffer no serious damage. Good to know. I'm yeah. kind of scared of spiders. That's, That's nice. what Silverbolt yeah. says, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> only but, bites um, from <laughs> only bites from black female from female black widows pose any danger to humans, and even then, is rarely in any way life threatening. Black widows are not aggressive and will rarely attempt to bite a human unless they feel threatened or startled. And also, none of these facts apply to Black Arachnia. She could easily kill any human she encounters. <laughs> now with her new upgraded form. Oh, wow. So, That's if you great. see a Black Widow spider, don't worry. Despite what people think, they're pretty much harmless. Unless, unless it transforms into a robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, my God. It's the same joke, Casey. Unless you also, also a human transmetal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she goes on to say, already, now that I've educated you on Black Widows, how about I educate you on some Transformers news? First, let's take a look at another transforming bug, in this case, a VW bug. Uh, she goes on to provide us with some links to Instagram. I'm going to try and make sure that I include these when I post out the episode this weekend. Uh, the, the images are courtesy of Instagram user Kathy Applebaum, we have our first look at the titular star of the Bumblebee movie, or at least his vehicle mode. And I his like previous- how the, the, the pictures that they, they provided are the ones that have the camera 
like yeah. mounted on it. So this is like the one that like if they're like you know doing scenes from above or from the side or from the cam or whatever, uh, driving down the street or something like that. This this is the one they use instead mm-hmm. of like a tracking shot from a, yeah. from afar. Now, so as previously reported, uh, Bumblebee is going to be a VW Beetle in in this movie, just like its G1 counterpart. We also uh, got a look at another onset vehicle. Not really a spoiler. Oh, no. (laughs) I guess just the fact that we have a picture of the actual car, I guess. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, User Porter Wild on Instagram uh, provided an image of a black first-generation Ford Mustang. Now, while it isn't a cop car, uh, Casey says that she would not be surprised to learn that this black Mustang is Barricade prior to him taking up the whole bad cop gimmick. I'll also have to ask, she goes on to say that she'll have to ask her dad if he can identify anything else specific about this car since he's a Mustang enthusiast slash expert. While we're on the topic of movies, uh, the next topic is that of Transformers The Last Night has concluded its box office run. The film earned a total of $130 million domestically. $130. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and $473 million internationally for a grand total of $604 million worldwide. Well, that's a far cry from the $1.104 billion that Age of Extinction made and is the lowest grossing of the franchise. It was far from a flop. It's currently the 10th highest grossing film of the year, making back more than double its $260 million budget. Maybe now that it's coming out on home release, Emily can rent it and we can finally get around to doing that movie bonus episode. (laughs) 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 Um, Up next, we have some more news connected to Hascon. Uh, when this episode comes out on Saturday, Hascon will be less than a week away. Even with the con so close, Hasbro has shared two hot new fresh items for the con. And she's not just being silly when she says they're hot and fresh. Uh, she goes on to talk about the... Pro- the uh, Wait a second, we still it. haven't done the bonus episode for the movie. I went and saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? I'm mad. I got it. Okay. <laughs> listen, I... Listen... I'm sorry that I live in bumfuck nowhere, Canada, and we didn't get it in our theaters. This could have done it without me, I guess. I don't really care that much. <laughs> do you still remember what happens in it? I kind of do, yeah. I, I doubt Kendall remembers what happens in it. Well, first of all, I kind of remember some stuff, and I actually liked it okay. And also, I'm a consummate professional, so if we did an episode at this point, I would rewatch it. I probably would, too. Hmm. Because I'm a professional. <laughs> minus the getting paid part. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You're a pro bono professional. One day, we'll release a bonus episode about it. A pro bono pro. And it'll be, a thir- it'll be three minutes. Jordan's got it. <laughs> um, so, yes. Uh, the Bumblebee Honey Hero Donut and the Pinkie Sprinkle Surprise Donut... Uh, in honor of Hascon happening in Providence this year. They unfortunately don't transform, but they do look yummy. Oh, also <laughs> Mark Wahlberg will be there, but straight up, who cares about that racist prick, especially when there are donuts to talk about instead. Mark Wahlberg is racist <laughs> now? Well, he was racist before he got okay. famous. I didn't know that. Yeah. We won't get we won't get into it. Yeah. He also owns the rights to the Coheed and Cambria film series. 
Yes. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yep. <laughs> oh. He might one day be playing uh, Coheed in the Armory Wars movie. Hmm. So, uh, Casey goes on to say that she's saving. She she had been saving this final bit of news for la for last this week. After all, it's not every day a new Beast Wars character gets added to the Forge to Fight roster. That's right. Another beloved character from the Beast Wars cartoon is joining Rhinox and Waspinator to rep the series in Forge to Fight. Oh, nice. Which character is it, you ask? Why, everyone's favorite. There's a video link to uh, some gameplay. Yeah. Starscream. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) You got me, Kay. (laughs) So cool. The Beast Wars. Ah, fuck. (laughs) She goes on to say... That's right. The Beast Wars fan favorite himself is now a playable character in the game after previously appearing as a boss character and story fixture. No word on if he has any moves that would allow him to possess Waspinator when fighting him. Well, that's all she's got for this week. Let's bring this back around to Black Widow facts. Do you think that Black Arachnia participates in the sexual cannibalism that gives Black Widows their name? Does Silverbolt have to sneak into the CR chamber after some late night fun times so nobody notices the large chunks of flesh he's missing from it? Or would the removal of her shell program get rid of any cannibalistic tendencies that Tarantulas might have programmed into her? He wanted them to have the same kinks, apparently. (laughs) She she follows up saying, Adios, beasties. Until next week, please remember, be nice to Black Widow spiders and try not to cannibalize your sexual partners. I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're into it. I mean, even then, be careful. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many of the uh, audio entropy is in the war. I mean, uh, I don't. It, I don't know. I, I know Maybe we there's joke somebody. About it. Yeah. I mean, Everyone I, I love to I, joke about war until someone is yeah. very much into war. I was, yeah. I was, I was teasing Chelsea about it on one of our board game nights because she was very excited when Luke was eating Cassie in Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, she doesn't listen to his podcast. It's okay, Chelsea will never know. I called her out. <laughs> I don't think she's actually into it. I she just likes Luke a lot. <laughs> All, all I can say is that I can just imagine that when uh, Black Arachnia and Silverbolt get together, sparks fly. Uh, <laughs> I'm out for real this time. <laughs> you guys um, know my plug, right? I can just leave. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Well, I um, was actually like looking some stuff up, and I actually kind of have some neat little things I wanted to tack on to like Transformer news stuff. Sure. Um, first of all, like, like she talked about Forge to Fight and how Starscream's now uh, going to be a character you can get. And they seem, uh, since they've started playing, since I played Forge to Fight, I noticed this pattern of where they basically have like story fixture characters and 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 like boss characters, and then they're moved to playable characters. But then they introduce a new boss character for new missions and stuff. Yeah, uh, that's what they did with like Megatron and how and Shockwave. And now Starscream. Uh, if that's the case, the new boss character is Ramjet. So, oh, that, yeah. so he'll be showing up in, in some of the ga- as, as in the game as as like something you'll fight in like some of the story modes. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to point that out. And also, I don't think we've talked about it in a very long time. But remember Transformers Earth Wars? 
Yeah. And how they did an event with uh, Optimus Primal and and uh, Megat- and Megatron. Yeah, I remember us talking about that. Yeah, they're doing another event, and they're adding more Beast War characters. Oh, cool. Uh, I got to play a little bit of the event uh, that's leading up to it, and I got to see some images of Black Arachnia. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I had to like really search around for it, because apparently it's not been really released that they're definitely going to be there like it was just in the uh in one of the little like story uh things that they put they put in when you like uh play through the 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 uh event stuff but mm-hmm. apparently for well the idea is that basically grimlock convinces primal to try and get more future transformers there and and he's like well i was kind of hoping for like another dinosaur and so <laughs> Primal's like, I could try and get Dinobot? And he says, that's good, you know, as long as they're, you know, they'll help us. And he's like, that's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> so, uh, so apparently they're going to add um, Black Arachnia, and I did not know who the for they were going to add, because, they, you know, they always add them in twos, like one for the Autobot side and one for the Decepticon side. Yeah. But apparently they're adding Cheetor. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cheetor would be a nice addition. Yeah, they they apparently they're going to get some kind of thing called Bestial Fury, and I'd have to look up some more about it. But hopefully, we'll get, get some more confirmation and stuff because I'd really like to see those characters in the game. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And then there was one final little thing that I wanted to point out because I want to beg uh, people who are at PAX to send send me one. But apparently, Harmonix it made a special uh, a special drop mix card of the Transformers theme. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I posted the picture of the card in, in the chat. That looks pretty and, cool. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone's seen Drop Mix, but uh, and I have a very good fondness for a lot of rhythm games and stuff like that. And Drop Mix is basically something I'm going to be I'm saving up for in September because I definitely want to play that game, even if I have to play it by myself. And I don't know. It's just like. I would really like to, I if I had known this card was uh, going to be available, I would have tried to figure some way to have it like have a friend pick it up for me. Oh yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I don't know if it was only at uh, what is it uh, Pax West that was just yes. just occurred. Yeah, so I don't know if like when if Harmonix is going to be at Pax South and they'll have more of the cards or or not. But um, if so, I'm probably going to like beg some of some of the AE people who are going to back south to, to try and get me one. Yeah, that could maybe work. For you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's all the extra little things about the uh, games I wanted to point out. Cool. So yeah, that's what we got for questions and, and news this week. Uh does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? Um actually I'm gonna plug something of uh one of my friends has done. I'm not sure if there's any new things out there, but he does. He did like a little podcast, like video format kind of thing called Game Apartment One C. Mm-hmm. Like if you just if you just look up Game Apartment One C on on YouTube, you'll find the the channel name that's that. And he's and like it's basically him and a friend, and sometimes a couple of other people who basically are talking about like old school uh, retro games and stuff like that. And the one of the nice things is that he kind of like really knows what he's talking about. Like they get into some great topics, like the. Uh, I was listening to one, and they were actually getting in about uh, about the Game Boy VR, like the old Virtual Boy thing. But they oh also God, talked, I remember yeah, that they thing. Were, they, they they were talking about things, um, and he he he's like he's a really good uh, 
like he's a very good talker is basically what it is it's he's they're good at you know he's good at telling stories and stuff like that so it's kind of like one of those well it's like two guys you know talking back and forth it is kind of enjoyable cool is basically what i want to do so i'll just plug that today Hang on m how about you um, you can find my artwork at datachair.tumblr.com and on Twitter at This Is Emeralds, on Instagram, This Is Emerald, and on YouTube and Twitch. And you can catch me on the podcast Home for Infinite Losers, which should be coming pretty soon. Uh, it depends on when Joel gets us her page, but Luke asked me for the HD album art today, so maybe we'll be getting it soon. Uh, and I have been Pursuit of Passions, which I guess I'll try to launch next month, because I don't think it's going to happen this month, but... Yeah, I'm gonna be on an episode. You are. We recorded an episode with Drake yes. where he has to talk about his sword fighting. Yes, it's fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Kendall, how about you? So, um, I uh, I actually launched a new podcast this week, um, called Waiting Here for Every Man, um, in which I uh interview regular people about uh the music in their life, um. The first episode is available at kendallcast.ninja and the kendallcast uh, podcast feed on the podcast cat podcatcher whatever thing that you download podcasts. Uh, <laughs> the my first guest was uh, Alex Burgoyne. Uh, he is a uh, saxophone player. He's got degrees from Capital University and Ohio University, and he's also the uh, the librarian for the uh, Columbus Jazz Orchestra Jazz Arts nice. Group thing, uh, wow. and it was a it was a really good interview. Um, it's uh, it's the kind of it's fun. I'm really I'm really happy with the way the podcast is coming together. I've I've done a couple other interviews uh, that I just need to edit, uh, but um, basically this is finally a podcast that my dad can listen to. <laughs> I, I mean, my mom can listen to it too, but like, like, um, you know, the, I sort of, it's a podcast that normal people can listen to. Oh my God. I feel, I feel really bad if Kendall's dad has listened to this podcast. <laughs> no, my dad, see, the thing is my dad would never even try. My mom opened up an episode, saw that it was two and a half hours long and was like, no one would ever want to listen to a podcast that's two and a half hours long where you're talking about a cartoon show. And then she turned it off. Oh, well, how wrong she was. Yeah, we've got at least I mean, Cassandra listens to us. And Casey. <laughs> and Cassandra and Casey are two listeners. Yes. Cassie and, and Casey. Cassie and Casey, yeah. And Cassie, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, I'm on Twitter at definitely exists. I'm on Tumblr at oh, definitely exists.tumblr.com. And I'll follow that. I don't really post that much anyway. Yeah, I just still follow it. I'm supposed to start. And uh, you can find the Let's Play Spot at Let's Play Spot. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you can find the Timmy P's Real Brand Bot at Timmy P's Real Bot. I forgot that you created that too. <laughs> uh, That's great. As always, uh, if you like what you heard with us, uh, there's a whole smorgasbord of other podcasts on our website, audioentropy.com. Feel free to check it out. Uh, As Emma alluded to earlier, we've got more podcasts in the works. We've already got like, oh my God, how many do we have now? I think we're up to like 15. Actually, no, wait, we're more than that. 
I'm counting right now. We're up to 19 podcasts. Holy shit. Wow. We're yeah. definitely out of the top 10 now, guys. Yeah. Aw. Aw. <laughs> top um, 10 in my heart. Aww. Thank you, Cassandra. Now, mind you, there's a couple here that haven't had episodes post in a long time, so we might still be safe. So. I don't know. Even though there hasn't been a lot of episodes of Chris and Molly's Movie Nights, it's a good podcast. So yeah. and I think my plan on, on bringing it back is just that time and lining it up with people. Yeah. Though, course, though, let me tell you about Evangelion is definitely over. Like it, it has finished. So it's good though. I, oh yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, uh, it's not going to be putting out any new episodes unless they're a special bonus things for something specific. Well, you never said they were going to do stuff once all the movies came out. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Which that's right. Might never happen, but yeah, yeah if it ever happens. <laughs> um, as well, we've also got video content on there. Uh, you can check us out uh, on Twitch uh, at uh, on at Video Entropy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing oh. about one more thing about podcasts. Uh, just before you can tell anything else, is that Homestuck? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what Homestuck Alpha just ended. Yes. So oh go yeah, listen that's to right. that. I'm almost at, at the end of that, too. I yeah. need to catch up on Earthsea, and then I might switch to Alpha. We'll see how much I need to read more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, of course, as well, if you liked what you heard from, uh, heard, heard from <laughs> us or any of the other podcasts on Audio Entropy, uh, we do have a donate link up at the top there. Uh, money doesn't go to me or Em or Kendall or Jordan or anybody aside from the fo- fine folks who actually run the website and it go the money immediately goes into uh, the upkeep costs uh, of the website. So we appreciate anybody who's able to help out with that, of course. If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast. We're on Twitter at Warren Beast Podcast. Uh, we, we have the episodes posted every Saturday. Normally we'll post onto both of those in case you're looking. Or if you just want to check us out on iTunes or Google Play or anywhere else that you can search for podcasts because I, I pretty sure i've got us linked on just about anything that you can post podcasts onto so you should be able to find us pretty much anyway uh oh and on itunes if you want to give us a a review please feel free because we always like hearing about that (laughs) i think we've only got like two or three reviews so oh you always like positive feedback i don't use itunes so (laughs) well even even if you don't use itunes if you like what you hear, oh yeah, I keep forgetting we have an email. <laughs> it's not like anybody uses it anymore. But if you want to shoot us an email for questions or comments or constructive criticism or anything like that, and not try and you know pretend that you're a Nigerian prince or anything like that, <laughs> you can send us an email: War and Beast Podcast at gmail.com. What if someone's yeah. asking a question and pretending to be a Nigerian prince? Can you imagine that? Someone just copy-pasted the entire Nigerian page, uh, Prince thing, and at the end says, oh, and by the way, do you think Cheetor would? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. Also, Greg, I use the Gmail account every week to upload the episode. That's that's different. It's not, you know, I'm just saying. There's a reason <laughs> for it to exist. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. It's been another week, folks. we got four episodes left. And we're going to get through the episodes before we do any other bonus stuff. I think we've all agreed upon that now. So, because we got to get through this series. 
Ah, so yep, for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh my god, I lose connection. I've been no, I, I just died for a bit, don't worry about it. <laughs> I I I've I've been Kendall. And I've been Cassandra. Let's roll, folks. So so next week we're reviewing the third Harry Potter movie, right? Oh my god, no. Cause okay. I did not come back to life for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jesus said. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> We're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> hi hi Warren Beast fans. I'm Kendall. And uh I'm I made Jordan c- come on for this extra little segment that I'm calling Hello. uh War and Death Note, where people <laughs> from War and Beast talk about the Death Note Netflix movie. Which is a trip. <laughs> so Oh wait, I'm echoing. Uh you're not echoing for me. Well, hold on. Okay. I was echoing for some reason. I don't know why. Okay. Okay. So I, I just want to say, like, the movie got some negative buzz because uh, it's not, like, yeah. source material, right? Yeah. Um, like, I think there was also – because you remember when uh, um, Ghost in a Shell came out and people were really pissed about that? Uh-huh. And that's kind of, like, what I think they tried – like a lot of people were complaining about early on, like they were like saying like, well, uh, you know, this is just appropriation. Like, why are you whitewashing? And I mean, I agree with that, but at the same time, they were definitely trying to make a American version of it. Right. So, which doesn't excuse it. Like, I mean, they could have still done stuff like that, but I'm just saying is that, you know, there's, there's other ways than basically saying like they should, cause I mean, at some point they either, you either just want them to basically do like the anime, like straight off the bat, or let them try and do uh, an adaptation with a diverse cast, you mm-hmm. know, which again is a a whole thing that's completely separate that we'll worry about another time. That has, yeah, that, yeah, that's just a whole other thing. That's yeah. I think set I think, that aside. <laughs> I, I just I, the one the one thing I will say is the the difference between and I and I didn't actually see Ghost in the Shell. So I'm part of the problem. Uh, but, but the difference, the difference I think between the situation with Ghost in the Shell or even like something like Iron Fist and, and this is that this was, this was a, an American movie that takes place in America and they completely changed. Like, I mean, yes, Death Note is a yeah. very Japanese thing and the characters are very Japanese and stuff. But they basically just took a took the very very broad strokes of Death Note that if there's a guy that gets a note where he can write death in it and yeah, there's write someone's name and they die and there's just in the, case you don't know the plot of Death Note right right and there's the demon guy but other than and the char- and there's a character named L and a character named Light other than that there is there is no there is no similarity between yeah the yeah and. And as I was saying, like, uh, when I first watched it, it was really hard for me because, like, in the back of my mind, I kept going, like, this isn't, this isn't the, you know, the anime, this isn't the manga, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And then I started realizing that's really not fair to do to this movie. Ah. Uh. I mean, like, I watched, like, uh, I think, uh, Luke also was watching it and he said, like, by the, like, by the end of it, he thought it was an okay movie. Like, mm-hmm. there was a turning point. And I'll admit, like, the opening and stuff like that, like, when you first meet Light, like, I want to punch him in the face. Like, when I first, when I see the, <laughs> the American play, play, like, he looks like a smug smartass. Uh-huh. And, 
and that's not to say that the Japanese version of of uh, of Light is a smug smartass, but it just was in just a weird kind of way that just made you kind mm. of really hate him, which made him hard to empathize with until like later on in the show well, or movie. So here's here's what's interesting is and and we'll go. I don't want to like because we're not going to talk about the whole yeah. movie. Um, we're just going to talk for a few more minutes, a few minutes about it. Uh, but I, I'm going to talk a little bit about things that happen. Um, the first scene you see him, he's like, yeah, he's like selling people homework. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he gets, and, and he goes in that, that's the, the, the sequence where he, he goes into an alley. Um, there it's like, it's a very stereotypical American teen drama movie. Yeah. where Like your hero, like first, well, first the love interest character stands up for a kid that's getting picked on. And then the bully sort of turns on, turns to her, and then he tries to stand up for them, and the bully knocks him out with a punch, and he wakes, and, and, he, and he wakes up, and the, and the, and, and, uh, the principal is like, dropped, he dropped all those papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The principal's like, uh, yeah, you're getting detention because you have all these, all these, uh, papers that you wrote for people. And it's like, <laughs> he's like, but don't, but I got punched. And it and it was, I don't know. I thought it was really like a really good like kind of taking yeah. the character down a peg like right from oh, the beginning. God, yeah, I th- yeah I think that because yeah he he like even like he he was like even saying that uh, the kid because he was held back was like eighteen he would have a record right if he did right. anything to him right and he thought that he thought basically the threat of uh him of the law and stuff that he would that he mm-hmm. would get caught for sure was enough to basically yep. avoid gain gain him you know gain him beat up and him to back off and and in another show in another movie that would have been enough yeah um i think i think there is actually a somewhat similar scene in the manga where he does confront people and he, he does get them mm. back off by basically you know logically pointing out that hey uh, we're at the point where, like, we're sitting around enough time that, you know, the cops are going to show up or someone's going to come by and they're going to be witnesses to our side of the story of you attacking us, not, and you won't mm. be able to say that it, we attacked you and you're going to be the ones in trouble, mm. basically. You know, like, That's basically, like, you know, saying, like, the law's on their side and blah, blah, blah. And he got them to back down in the manga. Yeah. That's, that, oh, that's again, yeah. Again, that's a very, like, that's probably taking in the fact of the cultural climate of Japan, how mm. they view laws, how, like, I think even Persona 5 talks about how, like, if you get arrested, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah, again, very, very American movie. Um, yeah. Light, I think, is treated as a, as not a, like, in the, in the, uh, he's much more of an anti-hero type character in the, I haven't read the manga, but I, but I saw the anime and in this, he's, he's treated just more as like a generic, sort of a generic superhero type character. Like, uh, and although there's the, once they, although once they, or not superhero, but like once they, once, oh, a, a what? Arrival? Right. Yeah. Some, I don't know. Uh, or wait, what did I say? He, Am I talking about light? Am I talking about L? Did I, I say L? I Why we do they both L. start with L? <laughs> I think that was done on purpose when they did. Yeah. The uh, no, I mean, light, I'm, t- I'm still thinking about light. Light is, I think, more of an anti-hero in the, in the, uh, show, but he's more of a, yeah. like, I got thrown into this and this is bigger. This is bigger than me. Yeah. Um, in the, yeah. In the movie. 
they they imp- basically I think and again it's probably because of the American adaptation they put on the idea that if it's not Light who basically is in control of the Death Note it's going to be someone worse mm-hmm. and it's that's going to be a problem yeah and, yeah yeah and that's not what they do in the, in the in the right. manga or anime but again it's just at at this point, like when we're talking, the only time I do nitpicks is just to give people an idea of like what the difference is, not yeah, to say yeah. anything's bad or worse. Because um, oh, I, I just like I was gonna say like another good uh, way to imagine it that's you know less uh, worried about any of the other like diversity things or anything is that is Juwan and the Grudge. I saw Juwan like through uh, like a trailer movie and stuff like that, uh-huh. and like I saw like I watched it a couple of times. I watched it with my friends. We joked about. It. We had fun. We watched. You know, got there, and then I saw The Grudge, which was with Sarah Michelle Gellar, and it was based on Juwan. Uh-huh. And I watched it. I'm like, this is nothing like Juwan. Like it just took a couple of things. In fact, I think it took some things from the sequel, and then it made their uh, version. Right. And. It kind of really feels like that's what's going on with this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's a very it's a very loose. It's an, it's just it's inspired by the concept. It also yeah. like tone wise, tone wise, it reminded me a lot of the recent Power Rangers movie. Um, like yeah, I, I can kind of see that. Like you know, just like the uh, outsider teen mm-hmm. trying to find his place that. And it just happens to include that he stumbled into something out of or- out extraordinary. Like, so he's trying to find his place with that. Like, really, really, actually, the more I think about it, you know, that that movie was uh, the Power Rangers movie was sort of like, you know, people made comparisons to Breakfast Club. Like, yeah, I feel like you could take this script and make minor adjustments and it could have been a John Hughes fume film. <laughs> yeah, like, I think you're right. Like it's it's the broad you know the broad strokes I feel like it does take a lot of inf- inspiration from that and just you know just the fact that I say that it could have been a John Hughes film obviously very very far from the source material um, yeah but uh, but again I like and you know you got the love story you've got the sort of um, the the uh, the girlfriend who uh, Which that I liked, I, I liked her a lot her, yeah they made her so I. I guess there's there he has like in the manga he has like two girls that he kind of gets one one he kind of gets stuck with it seems like and it's not a good thing and most people know Misa and I liked how like Misa was more of just like she was just there too mm-hmm. and and like didn't really contribute much to this. like I haven't seen the anime so I don't know if they changed that but but Mia is actually an actual force in this movie and I like mm. that. Like this, there was a point where he actually had to kind of like concern himself with her. Yep. You know, yep. and not 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 in the way that he was worried about you know something would happen to her. He was worried that she was going to do something to him. Mm. Like mm. I like that. Yeah, and I I really like I just really like how smart he is in the movie. Like he just yeah. he does a lot of things. I don't want to get into specifics. Where he anticipates things and is and is just very genuinely intelligent. Um, so jumping to L, um, I I I thought it was it was he was okay. He was done okay. He actually reminded me a lot of the character in um, in the in the anime. Uh, but 
sort of his I, actions seemed a lot more, a lot less methodical just because of the pacing of the film. He seemed a lot more yeah, aggressive. That's the other thing is that because it's a film, they had to kind of condense the story. Which is, really, seen- which is really nice because the Death Note anime gets a little too long sometimes. And I think that it's, yeah. it's a concept that works well as a, as a, as just a self-contained little two hour story. I mean, it still works well in the other forms, but I think, I think the, 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 that got the concept works really well. Yeah. Like, like I, like I was thinking like there's moments where you kind of do what are fine with it being long. And then there's kind of moments where you wish it kind of condensed. Mm -hmm. Like, I think what a lot of people liked about, or like they talk about the manga and, or anything like that is the, it's kind of like the detective reveal in, in mystery stories where like light goes into like how he did this or L explains his reasoning step mm-hmm. by step, mm-hmm. how he did back and forth. And you like, basically you, they explain basically a chess match, you know, like how they did mm-hmm. this and expected this and this happened, blah, blah, blah. And some people, and that's actually, you know, that's kind of really good to, to sometimes to see just how smart these two people are and how they maneuver each other and maneuver others and stuff. And there's, you know, and there's times when you really want, you do want to see that. But at the same time, to do, always do that, there's the, that means there's going to be periods where they're going to actually have to do the things that they actually do before they explain it. Because because mm-hmm. sometimes they, it's not, you know, like you can't understand what's going on by just by it happening. They have for them to do when they do the reveal and stuff like that, that they have to, you know, that part they have to take a while to do. So, you know, it gets long at times. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie did it best at the very end. Yeah, when it did something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, don't want to, don't want to, because that's kind no. of a, that's kind of a spoiler. Yeah. That's a legit spoiler. Um, so uh, I wanted to bring up two other things that are kind of related with the way that um, the way that light kills people. Um, so in the anime, his the way that you could tell that it was Kira that was killing them was that they that he would just write the name in the book and then they would have a heart attack. Yeah. In in the movie it becomes dealer's choice uh as to how how somebody gets somebody gets killed. Um if it's not written down. If it's not written down. Uh and and so what that leads to uh is pretty much every time Light writes a very very specific way that the person is going to get killed. Um and, uh, and, and that, I think, I, I think that's, that lends itself, especially in like kind of a, like, it's kind of a light horror movie. Like, yeah. Uh, I think that the, the, the creative ways of killing people is kind of a, that's kind of a fun thing to do in this kind of movie. Um, so I'm glad, I was really glad, like, as they were sort of establishing the rules and things, mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty nice. I like, I like, I like that. And then, um, along those same lines, I thought it was really, uh, an interesting nod to the source material, uh, because he calls, you know, he calls himself Kira. Yeah. The Japanese word. And he has his, and he has the victims write, you know, Lord Kira has come in perfect Japanese on the wall. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a night, nice, that was a, a really neat touch. Yeah, and and a neat little aside, like just to try and throw him, you know, throw him off his trail and yeah. such. Yeah, they're like he'll. Oh yeah, they'll just they'll be looking for me in in the wrong continent, <laughs> which uh, I mean, which totally, which a hundred percent 
like makes sense, but it's a, again, it's one of those things that, uh, I feel like character, it, I feel like this movie was very genre savvy with a handful of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. It, it seemed to be that way. I kind of liked, uh, what, at one point when light was like, there's just so many goddamn rules, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes. which if I remember correctly, there are a lot of rules that was written in the original death note to explain it. Right. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, it's the, there was a, a framing device in the anime where the little, the bumpers between yeah. commercial breaks would show like a random rule. Um, so I, I really, I, yeah, I, I do like that. That, that, um, you know, that his girlfriend was able to, was able to read the rules and he, yeah, and he, he, he's fallible. He's a lot more fallible yeah. in, in this, uh, than, than he, than he comes across. He's almost, um, in the, I mean, in, in the, in the show, for a lot of it, Light is almost treated as a Mary Sue. Yeah. Just with a very high intellect. And, and I think, I think part of that is because he wants to himself, to be unassuming, I th- and I think that's supposed to be like a mm-hmm. a comment of like how you know even the most normal like normal looking person could have this. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess God complex is what what you really would call it in, for the manga and anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I was gonna I, say like go ahead. Uh, like the person who played L. And, you know, his, his frantic motions and stuff like that, because of the time, was obvious and stuff like that. But I do like how he seemed to, that he did seem to take a lot from the source material of the character, or like from the anime or something like that. He, it seemed, I don't know if that was his choice or someone who was directing him or anything like that, but they seemed that for L, they really wanted to get him to at least mimic that. Right, like reaching into the bowl of candy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The way he he crouches on chairs and 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 like when he's talking to people, he's never like sitting normally. You know, like he he like they they seem to at least do that like a lot, and and I thought that was like a nice touch. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, now the weird thing, the weird thing about the casting of L is that he's like a full grown man. Like in the, in the anime, he's like 12. So, yeah. so he's, so he's, and he's like, you know, gangly and, and, and everything. He, he still looked a little bit gangly to me in, in this show. Like he definitely looked, he definitely looked older than light. That, uh-huh. That's for sure. But he didn't look like much, much older, you know? So it still kind of felt like two teens against each other. Mm-hmm. At least to me. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I guess he definitely, he definitely seemed young. And also, uh, it's a quirk of, you know, it's a quirk of, um, of live action television or movies or whatever. Like, they pretty much are gonna have people who are at least 18 playing these characters. Yeah. And, and so they're gonna be aged up a little bit. It's just like, but, um, but I mean, also at the same time, having a, having a character who's, a big, you know, a big, tall, big, strong black man, but he's, but he's moving around like a little kid and, you know, eating candy like a little kid as a, as a sort of savant type character is an interesting thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, it does make sense because he was like sheltered in the weird, they didn't go yeah. super deep into his backstory, but I mean, he was kind of a sheltered weirdo. <laughs> yeah. They cultivated his mind, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think as as like a thing of its own, I think this is this is an okay movie for mm-hmm. for me. It was just it's an okay movie. I think it's a good barometer for like if you like talk to someone and like ask them about Death Note, and you could say like, oh, if they like so and so, then maybe they'll you know they would want to watch this movie, and then they would just have a two hour thing to sit through. Mm-hmm. Or if they knew the source material or something like that, and you're like, well, maybe you want to actually watch the anime instead, or the music. Or there's actually the musical, apparently. <laughs> now, now, what I will say, what I will say is, I've tried to get my wife to watch Death Note a number of times, and it's never really stuck. We watched this movie together, and she really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I suspect that the next time I sit down and try to get her to watch Death Note with me, she'll be a lot more likely to be engaged with it because. She's she's a little more interested. It's similar to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie in that way. Yeah, and and see that's why that's why I kind of feel bad so many people are bashing on the movie. I mean, there are a couple of things that, you know, that you know, people have brought concerns that are that should be addressed and are being addressed, you know, like the that are things being worried about from future movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if it brings people to the source material to find to like bring new people to or or people who like who used to like you know who've watched it a long time ago and watch it again i think that's at least a good thing about the movie Mm -hmm. like i think that's a very good thing that it that people are like going back to the source material and are like no no you shouldn't watch this watch this like they're basically sharing it all over again yeah yeah definitely and and also you know what this is on netflix everybody's got netflix yeah (laughs) Practically like, everyone better than, Netflix. It's better than watching <laughs> a rerun of Futurama. <laughs> like, well, it depends on which episode of Futurama you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but well, I mean, even even if it's, I would say it's but, probably yeah. <laughs> better than watching any episode of Futurama that you've seen at least five times before. Yeah. Or, or I guess Futurama is not on Netflix anymore, so now you don't have anything to no, watch. They, they you may as well off- watch this. Uh, only the newer stuff is on, like since the, the movies and reboot, like the reboot season, I think are on there currently. Yeah. I really wouldn't want to watch that. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not as big of a Futurama fan as most people, but that's, it's sort of the, it's like the stereotypical thing that people watch a million, watch over and over on Netflix. Yeah. Cause nobody wants to watch (laughs) family guy anymore. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, and it's, it's, you know, two, two hours. Like, like, I think, I think a, a lot of times you sit down uh, at, on, and you're going to watch Netflix and it's like you spend two hours trying to figure out something to watch or you're like, I don't really feel like watching eight more episodes of this series that I watch, you know, and you just want to watch a good solid movie. And that's, yeah. that's definitely what this is. Yeah. It's like a, uh, a popcorn flick, mm-hmm. you know? Something you can quickly watch that uh, you don't don't it does an, uh, does a good job of of telling a story and you know you can sit back and watch. Yeah, it's a hundred percent a popcorn movie. I think uh, yeah. I think that's probably a good place to end it because uh, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but I, thanks, I, I can yammer on sometimes if you give me the chance. Oh so. no, 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 this was this was fun. We should do little twenty minute uh, movie reviews on occasion. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um. Also, you know I, what? For for Halloween, we should probably pick like a couple of cheesy horror movies and, oh, do, and do reviews of that. That is that is a <laughs> that is a very good idea. We should definitely do that. We should definitely do that. 
Oh man. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it now. So okay. Thanks for listening. Those that have listened 